Welcome to the Mostly Pot Out at Night. Mostly. I am Salem, joined by my co-host, Graveyard. Hello. This is episode 35 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. Uh, why are we so afraid of the woods? Is it human nature? Is it ghosts? Or perhaps a pagan god or two? Join us as we venture into these woods and, and these movies um, that we're watching this week uh, and find out what is lurking behind those trees. Uh, three movies uh, this week, all having to do with, of course, being in the woods. Uh, they are Dead End, Eden Lake, and The Ritual. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to be starting out with Dead End. Dead End, uh, I don't know if it is 2003 or 2004 because the internet keeps telling me the one or the other. <laughs> I don't know which one it's supposed to be. Uh, but anyway, 2003, 2004. Just... It's around there Watch. somewhere. I think people wash their memories of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 2003, 2004, somewhere around there anyway. Yep. Um, so, yes, dead end. Uh, anything you want to add before I start rolling into this there? Chris? No, we'll, we'll get into this one, <laughs> All right, I think. Uh, all right. Uh, so, dead end. Dead end is technically a Christmas movie. It is. Because uh, it takes place on Christmas Eve, and they even sing a Christmas carol in this movie. So uh, it the is, same one over is. and over. Well, it's only twice. It's, you're fine. Again, the verses, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, to be honest, no one else in the car knew them besides like one person. So, <laughs> yes. um, okay. So, anyway, basically, we are in a family car. Um, that is going to, I guess, grandma's house for Christmas dinner. Um, there is, a, it's, I think it's like a, an SUV. <laughs> but anyway, um, so anyway, we have mom, we have dad, we have, um, you know, teenage, you know, punk annoying son. We have uh, the older daughter who, um, I don't know how old she is, but I'm assuming she's probably out of the house at this point because she brings her boyfriend or sorry, her fiance with her um, to this thing. So there's the five of them. Yes. Um, essentially, they're driving. Um, the The dad uh, is, you know, tired and getting bored of the interstate. So he decides to take a shortcut by driving through the, the back roads. Um, so I guess to keep his mind stimulated, to keep him awake. Uh, I don't quite get the logic of that, but that's, hey, whatever you do, you, whatever keeps you awake. And it's also only like seven o'clock at night. <laughs> well, I'll point that out. Well, in December. So, yes, 730 at night <laughs> in December is pitch black. <laughs> that's that's a fact. I'm just saying he's, he's like very tired p.m. at he's very tired at that early. Like, uh, you know, when you're in a car driving with a bunch <laughs> of sleeping people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get tired, too. So, yeah, um, yeah, they're they're driving. Um, everybody passes out. Um, Dad dozes off, um, and then almost hits a car. Uh, you know, coming the other direction. You know, there's a whole lot of honking and tires squealing and everything. And you know, he, he pulls over to the side of the road. Uh, everybody is now awake. Uh, you know, kind of yelling at him for for dozing off. And you know, where are we? Why are we in the middle of nowhere? Why did you leave the interstate? You know, all those kind of infighting things going on. You know, but, you know, of course, he still wants to drive because now he's awake. You know, that adrenaline rush keeps him awake. So now he wants to keep going. So also, he doesn't want anyone else to drive his car. Well, yeah, 
but, but again, yeah. but he says, yeah, he's good. The, the, yeah, the daughter offers to drive, but apparently she had, you know, wrecked one of their other cars. So he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> um, so they're, yeah, they're driving down the road. Um, and uh, they they pass like a little cabin and they kind of point out like, oh, look, there's a cabin. Uh, anyway, further down the road, dad sees uh, something on the side of the road. So he stops uh, and he gets out and he's like, oh, I saw a woman all in white holding something. Everybody's like looking around like, yeah, there's nobody here. What are you talking about? Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, this woman appears at his window. Um, she's like, she's wearing all white. She's holding what appears to be a baby. And she's got like a big kind of like gash on her head. Um, fresh, like a fresh wound on her head. Um, so they're like, okay, you know, like, hey, you know, it looks like you need help. Um, you know, it appears like she's in shock. Um like okay well, well what should we do um you know this is 2003 2004 so cell phones do technically exist but like apparently only one person in the car has one uh which is uh brad oh, that's the, the yeah. fiance guy um but yeah. his isn't working he, he doesn't have any signal um so you know they're like okay well here's what we're gonna do we're gonna put her in the car we're gonna drive back to that cabin we found and we're going to you know see if it has a phone to try to call for help um, and the daughter offers like, oh, I'll, I'll just get out and walk there. You know, you can let her in the car. And everybody is just fine with that. Like, sure. Mm. So they all she gets out of the car. They all turn around and, and go back towards the cabin. And then the older daughter is just casually strolling down the road, you know, back to to the cabin. Um, so they get to the cabin. Um, the annoying son, Richard. <laughs> Gets out of the car, like proceeds to walk over to a tree, hang up a Playboy centerfold, and starts cranking it. Yeah. <laughs> um, while mom and dad go into the cabin um to to look for a phone. Uh while Brad, the fiance, and the lady with the baby sit in the car. So dad and mom are going through this cabin. It looks like an old hunting cabin. There's like skulls on the walls and like bear traps and stuff like that so mom and dad are going through this hunting cabin um they find an old phone but of course it doesn't work and the phone looks like it's from like 1935 so yeah doesn't work uh so we cut back to the fiance hanging out with the um lady in white in the car um you know he kind of notices the baby's like face is like covered by the blanket he's like yeah baby having a hard time breathing through that blanket and she's like, oh, here, hold on to her for a minute. You know, like, uh, she'll be fine. She's dead. He's right. Like, wait, no, what? she's dead. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? So he's holding the baby and the baby. He's like, something feels wrong. And so he like uncovers the baby's face and we don't actually get to see it. But uh, yeah, it is very obvious that the baby is dead. So we get his like shocked reaction. Um, and then we cut to uh, Marion, who is the uh, older daughter uh, walking down the road. And she sees like this old-timey um uh hearse or uh cadillac station wagon if you prefer um you know driving down the road and then she looks in the back and she sees brad the fiance like you know kind of banging on the window like as if he was like being kidnapped um so she kind of panics um she runs you know back to the cabin um richard (laughs) finishes his you know little 
party well, that he was having because there. there's a scream so he has to stop yeah yeah <laughs> so he, yeah he, he finishes his own <laughs> party he comes back uh you know basically yeah the lady is gone and brad is gone uh so they're like oh what happened what happened we don't know um and then marion says well i saw this car drive past me on the road that had him in it so like it looks like somebody like kidnapped him and they're like okay everybody in the car they all get in the car. They look around for the lady. They don't see her. They're like, whatever, we got to go say Brad. So they're driving down this street. They're going like, you know, as fast as this little SUV will go. Um, you know, everybody's freaking out because he's going way too fast. And they, they, they're going for a long time before they realize like, okay, like we should have caught up to him by now. There's no way that we haven't. Like something is going on. Um, and then dad sees something in the road. He, you know, pulls over. Uh, they get out and look, and it is Brad's like mangled corpse laying in the middle of the road. Sure, it is. Well, <laughs> we don't I, yeah, they it. don't show it directly, <laughs> but it's it's Brad's mangled corpse. Um, we get kind of like the POV of the corpse, and <laughs> we see um, Dad is like trying to get his phone out of his pocket with a stick. Um, and then, so the point, I thought he, I thought he was legit poking him with the stick at first. Well, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> what he was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the son dives in, gets the phone. Uh, of course, there's no signal; they can't call anywhere. Um. But they have uh the phone, which has his ear <laughs> stuck to it because he had like this kind of hoop earring that is now this was hooped around the antenna of the phone because this is these are old timey phones that still have antenna. Yes, yeah, so you had the antenna that you'd pull out of your flip phone. <laughs> I remember <laughs> these distinctly. <laughs> well, yeah, again, and yeah, in 2003, yeah, this is that was pinnacle oh, yeah. flip phone technology. Oh, yeah. So yeah, um obviously everybody's like now upset. Marion basically goes into like full catatonia. Like she just blanks out, doesn't respond, just stares straight. Um, they drag Brad off to the side of the road, um, but they leave him there and they're like, yeah, we're going to go get help. You know, we see this sign on the side of the road that says Marcotte is the next town, which they can't find on a map anywhere. Um, but they are like, okay, we'll keep driving in this, in this direction. We'll try to get help. You know, we'll bring him back to, he's not very obviously dead, but at least they can get somebody to come back and, and pick him up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're driving, uh, down the road again, um, you know, again, time is going by, uh, Marion is still in a, in a state of catatonia. Everybody's trying to talk to her. She's not responding at all. Um, this is where the second, um, <laughs> jingle bells singing, she starts singing jingle bells. Uh, and then the mom is kind of sort of going along with her just, I think to just, you know, because she's, this is the only way she's communicating in the last, whatever, 30 minutes, whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, everybody's just kind of like, you know, bothered <laughs> by by what's happening. Um, so uh, eventually um, they have a, a blowout where his tire blows out and he has to pull over um, and, and get the, the thing off. Um, you know, he's having a hard time with the lug nuts and stuff, but he does eventually um, get him off. Uh, he gets that off, gets the tire back on. Uh, and then Richard, the son is now missing. Um, wander, well, he wanders off, I think, and then he... Whatever, he gets captured. Yeah, I, I, he's, I think he sees something or thinks he sees something and just kind of follows it, maybe. I think it's right. the lady with the baby. 
Oh yeah, no, that's what he goes out to take a leak, and then the lady with the baby starts like randomly appears and starts making out with him, and then bizarrely bites off his lower lip, which he seems to be totally fine with. Yeah, um, and then she gone. Yeah, and he's <laughs> bleeding out of his mouth, and he seems to be okay with it. And then she like drops her white dress. We only see the back of this, and then he goes, "What the hell is that?" So obviously she's like, I don't know injured or or something shocking is is the, with the rest of her body and then we cut to um the black car driving past again and we see richard now trapped in the back banging yep. to get out just like brad was earlier um so this kind of uh snaps marion out of her catatonia um the, the mom was like chasing the car down the street so my dad and and marion get back in the car um, they drive down, they find the mom, um, they get her in the car. And as they go down, you know, they're chasing after the car, you know, again, going as fast as little SUV can go. Uh, they get down dad, actually, they get up to where they can kind of see the car in the distance. Uh, and then dad runs over something and the mom is positive that it's Richard. Um, they get out of the car and it was Richard. Um, and this time we get a, a bloody hand that's sticking straight up. Uh, but that's it. We don't see the rest of the body. But he's obviously, very obviously dead. Yes. Um, and this time, since the body is, you know, the his son, they they clear out all the Christmas presents that were in the back of the car. <laughs> that that bothered me, though. I'm like, oh, you know, Brad wasn't good enough, but the son, yeah, we can move the five presents that are in the back of the car. Aren't they were big presents, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they clear out the presents out and they put the sun in there. And of course, one of the presents that they, they pull out at this point is a shotgun, uh, that they were getting for like their crazy gun nut uncle. Um, yes. which, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a present. I mean, shotguns aren't cheap. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, so they have shotgun <laughs> and they conveniently bought him a box of ammo to go with it, which I don't know if you should buy those things together on Christmas Eve, right? You know? I don't Probably. know if you want those together, whatever. I mean, but yeah, so they get the shotgun. I think he also pulls a bottle of whiskey out of the back because one of their uncles is a drunk. And so they, they get, he, now he has a bottle of whiskey anyway. Um, so yeah, they, uh, at this point, mom flips out and mom starts, you know, basically gets into this like comically giggly mood. Um, she starts telling them that, uh, the real father is this other guy. Alan. Um, yeah, whatever. Alan Rickman or Alan Hickman, yeah. I think his name is. Hickman, whatever. yes. Um, so, yeah, the, this the, this other guy is the father. He's not the real father. The, the boy's real name is Michael, not Richard, because that's what, what Alan wanted to name him. I mean, it's it's a bizarre thing. So they get her back in the car and she's just like lost. She's like they had a pie that they were bringing to grandma's house. She just starts like eating the pie with her bare hands, which uh that i mean it looks disgusting anyway oh but yeah, absolutely. So, yeah so she like asks for a pen because she wants to draw a picture and then she draws a picture of just like this mangled body and she's like hands it to her daughter like there you go i drew brad for you <laughs> it's like it's disturbing so everybody is just kind of like unnerved at this point they're like okay we have to get to the hospital we have to go and they're driving forever and ever and they're no turnoffs no nothing you know he keeps justifying it like oh it's an old like 
you know, forest ranger road. That's why there's no turnoffs. Oh, it's a military road. You know, that's it's going straight to a military base. That's why there's no turnoffs. That's why there's no one else because they haven't passed any cars this entire time. Right. And he goes, Mark Hot must be a military base, and that's why we don't see it on the map. Right. Right. Yeah. He keeps yeah. justifying himself. Anyway, so they're driving down the road. Um, Mom is, you know, kind of fading in and out of like, you know, consciousness or, or I guess it, lucidity. I guess is a good way to say it. And she also goes to town on a bag of chips. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Finds a bag <laughs> of chips, starts chowing out on that. And anyway, and then she decides, like, she's like, sees all these, like, she says she sees all these people on the side of the road waving to her, but they look to be all upset. And she sees her best friend who died like 20 years ago out there. And she's like, I want to go meet her. You know, I want to go hang out with my best friend. And she's like, she's dead. And she's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going. So she opens up the door as he's traveling like 75 <laughs> miles an hour and falls out of the car. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he pulls to a stop. They run back there. They find like her shoe and like all the stuff that was in her purse and her pockets. And they're like, they think she just disappeared. Um, And as they're like standing there, like, you know, figuring out what to do, she walks up behind them Um, and she kind of, I mean, she looks like, you know, she's a little raggedy, but she looks like she's okay. Um, until they realize that like the whole half of her head is missing. Um, and then she proceeds to reach up and start rubbing on her own brain, which appears to yes. give her pleasure in some way, shape or form right before she just dies. <laughs> um, yeah, so- I, I just want to point this out. The, the mother is played by Lynn Shea, a horror movie icon, you know, nowadays. I don't know about icon. I would say there. like a common player. I wouldn't say icon. Uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah. So she is dead. Um. So they put her in the back of the uh, SUV. They put a blanket over. Her, um. And then they just keep again driving down the road. At this point, everybody is like very like, obvi- you know, very obviously like upset. <laughs> like this stuff is stuff is you know bad stuff is happening. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. They're, they stopped off earlier. The mom like shot the dad in the leg. She was like threatening to shoot herself uh, again. It's just you know very very weird stuff happening. Anyway, so they're back in the car. They're back driving down the road. Um, you know they're kind of trying to logic it out. Like, okay, I've driven for this long. We've been heading west the whole time. We should be hitting you know the coast at some point in time. Like you know, obviously the you know the the coast is supposed to be fifty miles away. We we should be reaching it by now. Um, like later on, it's been like 60 miles and they're still on the same road. They're still in the same area. They don't know what's going on. Um, basically as they're driving, they again, pass the little cabin, the little hunting cabin that they went before. They're like, Oh, it's gotta be a trick of the eyes. It can't be the same one. So they stop, uh, they get out and they check out the cabin. It, it is, it's the exact same one. So they decide, Oh, well, you know, everybody else died when they stopped. Um, we'll just keep moving and we'll be fine. But, you know, obviously we can't keep moving in the car because that's just getting us in circles. We need to go by foot. So they start walking, you know, directly perpendicular to the road. Um, they get to like a, uh, like a barbed wire fence. They get through the barbed wire fence and then they walk and they come on back to the road, to the car on the road, but they're from the other side. So it's like, it's like a big loop. Yes. Um, so yeah, they basically kind of figure out that yeah they're like stuck, <laughs> and there's and there's nothing that they can do. Um, at this point, I believe well yeah the lady in white comes back. 
she was in the cabin with the dad when he went back into it. Right. Because he went he went a little crazy in there. Right. He knew someone else was in there with him. Right. Um so yeah, so basically, yeah, that lady comes back um and goes after the dad. The dad again, you know, ends up in the, the car. Um and Marion sees him in the back of the car and now knows that she's like alone. She's the last one. Um so she jumps back in the in the car, finally, you know, tries to start it. It doesn't sound like it's going to start again. And then the car just starts moving. I did, there was I don't I think they forgot to put the sound effect of like the car starting. <laughs> Cuz it was just like I want fail to start, fail to yeah. start, fail to start and then all of a sudden it was moving. Well, we also got to point out that he ended up, before he died, the, the dad let the daughter drive and he's writing the stuff he wants to do when he gets out of this. Uh, yeah, well, uh, thing number one, he wants to go buy some Marilyn Branson records. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thing number two, he wants to go buy an Atari computer system. Yep. Right, um, rightfully so. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> what number three is he wants to be the the best grandfather ever. Because, yeah, the, uh, sorry, the Marion is pregnant. That was, like, one of the things that she said when she's in her catatonia. She's, she admitted that she was pregnant. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, so she jumps back in the car and she's driving super fast away. Um, and then we kind of get like a super cut of um, the car crash again uh, that happened, you know, or sorry, the car crash miss that happened earlier in the movie. And now we get to see that it was actually a real car crash. Um, and then everybody died, um, you know, and then we see like a bunch of cops like cleaning up the scene. Um, and like you said, that note that he wrote was like one of the things that was cleaned up. I think that happened later, but I'm just adding it here. That's, that's, right. Yeah. And credits essentially. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just adding it here because it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway. And then we cut back to the daughter wakes up in the hospital. Um, and she lived, her baby lives, but everybody else died. So yeah, what happened was the dad fell asleep, uh, did hit the car that was oncoming in the other lane. Um, so everybody in that car died except for her and the baby. And then the other car was a lady and her baby. So that this is the yes. lady in white and the baby she was holding. That's why she was a part of that, you know, getting her revenge or whatnot. Um, so anyway, so then we find out that the doctor's name is Dr. Marcotte. So that was like the, you know, psychic visions. That's why they were trying to head towards Marcotte because Marcotte was the doctor. Um, and then there was the guy who found them. Um, was the they, they discredited him as the man in black? Um, he's wearing like an all black suit with like you know dyed black hair, um, and he has a you know classic Cadillac station wagon car, the same black car, and he just has it because he's a car collector. But he so, then he gives Doctor Marcotte a ride. <laughs> it didn't seem like it was creepy. It just seemed like it was kind of all these psychic things you know, fit is that's why all this stuff was like her dreams being in a coma. Yes, And it was like all the bits and pieces of the real world around her creeping into her coma dream. Yes. But apparently some part of it is real because again, the people cleaning up the crime scene do find that note that he wrote. But that was way later after the car crash would have happened. So well, yeah, they're cleaning up the the car crash. Yes, literally I'm, sweeping I'm saying, the, gl- the glass off the street. I mean, that only happened. He wrote that note 
movie time like 10 minutes before she wakes up from the coma in the hospital. Well, yeah. Well, in movie time, technically, they were all this all happened at the same time because the clocks never moved past 730. Right. Even though they were driving for two hours, the clock still said 730. The clock in the car and all of their watches all said 730. Yes. So it never, never, the, the time never changed. So essentially, they were living in a world without time. Yes. Um, anyway, so that's, uh, that's the end. Yes. Uh, this is definitely my first time watching this movie. I'm pretty sure it was yours as well. Yeah, so no, I haven't what seen your, this one before. What are your first thoughts on this? Uh, my first thoughts is, uh, I mean, I like that concept of it. I mean, basically, I mean, I, I think we, we talked about it before. I mean, I knew it was happening almost immediately. I'm pretty, so, sure, I'm pretty sure you knew <laughs> what was happening almost yeah. immediately. Um, I mean, I, I had my suspicions uh, what was happening right after the car crash thing is it just seemed too convenient to just hammer in there. Um, but right. I, I knew for sure what was happening when um, Brad got taken in the car. Yeah. Um, and then when they found his dead body on the street, I'm like, right. He looks like that because that's how he looked at the end of the car crash. So, like, I knew exactly what was happening at that point. Uh, but honestly, it, I don't think it really took away from it. I mean, even knowing what is going on, you know, like, I don't, I don't think they were necessarily wanted it to be like a mystery. I think it was just like, uh, you know, like an interesting, like, you know, what's happening, like supernatural kind of thing. <laughs> Obviously, something supernatural is happening. But again, I thought it was it was done rather well. Um, I thought it was, you know, again, decent. Um Better, I mean, better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I again, you know, seeing the cast and and seeing the the trailer, I was like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> um, and it started <laughs> off a little, it started <laughs> off a little rough because Richard is is extremely annoying. Yes, he um, is the basement dwelling pothead conspiracy theorist of two thousand three. <sighs> I don't know about that. He's just right. a, well, well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's his portrayal of of the character. I feel like. He was he was just a a punk high school kid in two thousand three. Yeah, that's that's all he was. I don't know about <laughs> conspiracy theory, but like no, yeah, because when all the clocks stopped at seven thirty, he's like it has to be aliens. Well, okay, if everybody's clock stops at seven thirty, that's a strange coincidence. And I'm yeah. sure anybody who's seen movies <laughs> would think, <laughs> okay, something weird's going on. What, what, when weird things happen, what is it usually? It's either aliens or supernatural stuff. And he went to aliens. So I don't yeah. think he's a conspiracy theorist. I think he's just a kid, a curious kid that watches too much TV, bro. Um, so you, I mean, for me, as you point out, I said, I think I told you. I'm like you're gonna know within the first five or ten minutes exactly what's going on. Oh yeah, like I guess um, I yeah I figured it out immediately. But again, as I was watching it, it really didn't take away from it. it. It's not like the ending was ruined for me. Like I knew where it was going, but it was still interesting enough to where I I didn't feel like you know I was being forced to watch it all the way through, even <laughs> knowing what the end was going to be. No, I, I I enjoyed it the whole way. Yeah, to to me. Their first thought was it seemed like a re- like the ending weird like they thought to me, the ending seemed like it was supposed to be like a little twist that part of it actually did happen and maybe how much bled into the real world I took it as the man in black was a supernatural entity was seen as death carrying them from purgatory into the afterlife. 
Well, of course, um, yeah. If, if in the credits you, you uh, as a character, don't have a name and yeah. you only have a weird title, then yes, you're probably some form of supernatural thing. Yes. Um, and to me, it just it felt like a, a mix of Goosebumps, or not Goosebumps, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark meets Tales from the Crypt. So like an adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, like I said, it, I I really think it's because we've watched so many movies that we were able to predict this pretty early. We've we, how many times have we seen it? Especially through, I'm gonna throw this out there too. If Pinhead showed up at the end, I would not have been surprised. Let's put it that way. It seems like that whole purgatory dream state that we watched during the Hellraiser series. Like it could have fit into it. Yeah, that's fair. Any well, not any. Not any worse than what they did. So well, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically <laughs> on the same level as like the the one that had the mayhem guy in it, right? It's a it's about that level because there was like weird wacky stuff happening in that one where it was kind of sort of a mystery too. I, like I said, I want to put it at about that level minus the seven right that were barely right. in that one anyway. Right, but I'm saying that's that just because we I we watched so many, especially in that vein, very recently during this podcast that we were able to see that going into it and i knew nothing about this movie going into it i didn't know it was the priest from psych who was also in twin peaks i didn't know it was lynn shay um i i'm like why does the daughter look so familiar well she was on a couple episodes of friends <laughs> yeah sorry so, I, I wouldn't have known that um and the man in black i know as well he's he's played supernatural things on supernatural tv shows man in black yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen him around um, yeah. He hasn't done anything famous enough to like make him, you know, famous for any particular role. But he's been around. No, he's that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I've seen that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, the the effects and the lack of showing stuff, I could see that both of us thinking, okay, this isn't going to be very good. <laughs> you know, I actually like that. I actually like it because it's essentially like, okay, they don't have. The budget obviously to show a big mangled body so i thought right. it was a kind of a clever way to get around it where they just like said have people describe it people like look at it like oh jesus this is horrible right yeah <laughs> so they, they kind of got around the whole like show don't tell by basically showing you that yes they're reacting to this horrible dead body but they don't have to show you the horrible dead body to to get that feeling to you Right. Um, and again, I thought they did a really good job with that. I mean, we got that with, um, you know, Brad and then also with Richard. Uh, so we, all, we don't actually see their body, but we feel how bad that death was by how everybody reacts to it. Um, right. Again, I thought I thought it was was decent. Again, you could tell that they probably just didn't have the budget for it. But I don't yeah, I don't think it takes away. I actually like the way that they handled that. I thought they did a decent job. So that would that be a highlight for you then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get there. I mean, yeah, we'll be rolling to the yeah. highlights. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that that was definitely one of them. Is um, yeah, I, I liked how they you know they don't have to show you the gore. I mean, again, I don't think they were getting around it for ratings reasons. Um, I think there was enough there to make it probably R anyway. You know? Oh, they were 
cussing up a storm a yeah. lot. I mean, well, it was movie. like there was nudity. <laughs> there was, you know, there was like the Playboy centerfold. Like, you know, the, even the, the lady in white got naked at one point in time. Like, yeah, they weren't trying to go for a PG-13 rating, but I think it was, it, it felt like a budget reason. But the way that they handled it, I thought was very well. So, like, whoever... You know, the director and the and the special effects guy got together and was like, how can we do this, you know, on a, on a little budget? And I thought that they did a good job of getting that gore across without actually showing it to you. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, uh, the second I want to say that cinematography was was pretty decent, um, like those those kind of wide shots that they were doing where they showed the car like driving through the forest, like the endless forest. Um, that looked pretty cool. I mean, I liked the way they did that, the way that they did, like in certain scenes, they kind of like sped it up and like skipped it around. Like, you know, kind of felt like reality was kind of playing around certain events and times. Um, I thought they did pretty good. Those, you know, it, it got the point across and I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, the music was pretty good. I mean, the first couple of headphone tracks were pretty cringy <laughs> and not great. Yeah. Um, but after you get past those two, like the rest of it, it did a good job of like, you know, at certain points, there was just like pure silence that really made you feel that, that silence, you know, that kind of, you know, weird Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, pregnant pause between like events when they're just trying to get to places. Um, you know, like the weird haunting music they were playing at certain times was good. You know, like when weird stuff was happening, they had that kind of like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say industrial, but like industrial adjacent, <laughs> um, to kind of give you that unnerving feeling. I thought like they did a good job with that. That was, Two, I'd say 2003 industrial is pretty spot. <laughs> uh, for that, no, for that. Well, again, it, it, it's industrial adjacent. In, it's industrial light. Okay, industrial horror movie music because the early 2000s there was a lot of that. Yeah. It was well, almost like the same type of music that was with the Lance Hendrick Hellraiser one. Like, could it be um, play a Power Man 5000? Maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't want to go to that inspired direction. By, inspired by, but yeah. Sure, but yeah, I don't know if I want to quite go that direction. But again, I, I thought they did a good job with it. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Um... Any any other highlights? No, go ahead with your highlights. Yeah. Unless you want me to roll into low points, <laughs> uh, I'll go to my highlights first. Um, yeah, I really like Lin Shay, and I really like the the guy who plays the dad. You know, I I've watched him in a good Ray of Ray Wise is his name. Yes, um, and I think he does a really good job too. I think they both do a really good job. I don't think Brad or Michael are especially good. Um, I don't think Dar is especially good either because I watched her. So I knew her from Friends, and she was a pretty bad actor in there as well. But they are. This is a horror movie. This is a lower budget horror movie, so I don't expect more from it. Um, but I think for what they did, like you know, I think Lin Shay did a fantastic job playing the off the rails mom. You know, yeah, um, that's fair. And it's, I think it was really just a chance for her to shine because, like I said, most of the time she's just cameos or not. And for real long, not, she's, not that she's in this for very long. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, the like, like you said, the hints of things, um, while we knew what was coming, didn't take away from the tie up at the end. So I think that worked well in their favor as well, that they, they, they thought things through. They gave you the hints along the way. 
know, did it make sense to, have, like you said, the shotgun and all that stuff? Not necessarily. But overall, decent movie for something that I never heard of that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What about your low points, though? Uh, low points, um, I'm going to start off with a pumpkin and chocolate pie. <laughs> that sounds yeah. disgusting. Like, I've never heard of that. I've heard of pumpkin pie. I've heard of chocolate pie. I've never heard of a pumpkin and chocolate pie. Um, And again, and she was eating that pie with her bare hands, and it just full-on looked like she was just eating a big tray of shit with her bare hands. Yes. It was disgusting. <laughs> that was that was super fucking gross. Anyway, uh, other than that, uh, Richard was very, very annoying. Um, and his like nonstop gay jokes were just like very, very off putting. I think it's just that was just the time period. I understand that that was that was a very common um, insult around that time period. But it was just it was just off putting how many there were. But again, Brad, who was the guy that he was giving them to, dies off pretty quick. And then that stops. Yes. Um, and then Richard dies not too much longer after that. So, again, the the. The annoying stuff ends fairly quickly, but it is pretty annoying in the beginning. So, like, there's a little bit of a speed bump in the beginning, but once you get past that, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. So something we didn't mention was, uh, Brad was going to propose to Marion at the Christmas party, and she was going to dump him at the Christmas party. Which seems like a really weird place to do it in front of everyone. Well, I think they were, just, out there. they were just showing that they were in different places. Um, that's, that's another thing this movie did that was kind of surprising. It was like everybody had kind of like their own little character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I think the only one that really, well, I mean, of course, Brad didn't because he dies too fast to really have one. Um, Richard, uh, again, doesn't really have the opportunity to um, because he's killed off early enough, but you really don't care about him anyway. <laughs> you just want him right. to die. <laughs> um, but yeah. everybody else, everybody else has a, has like an interesting character arc or, or things that happen where you're like, you know, kind of surprising to see. So. Well, to, to that note, I feel like that's kind of a low point because I think at some point in time, what really nailed in the idea that they're in purgatory is the confession of sins which is a very common thing in these type of movies, right? They all, secrets come out and stuff like that. I don't think we ever got Brad's or Richard's because they're killed so early. We only get... Well, yeah, Brad, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we're supposed to see that his sin is, is pride because he threatens Richard. Um, and that he's arrogant enough to think that, Marion is going to marry him. I, I guess thin, <laughs> you know, justification, right. sure. But I think that was the sin that he was supposed to have. Um, the the sin that Richard was supposed to have is lust, because literally, like, he cranks it in the woods. <laughs> you know, like I mean, literally, he can't help himself to you know to literally you know rub one out in the woods while on a family visit. So yeah, he's supposed to be you know, lust and, and just pure like loss of impulse control. So yeah, that, that those are supposed to be his sins that he's punished for. But I mean, it's always, it's seemingly always that confession. And I feel like sometimes in these movies, especially when we do this, we kill people off. It's like, they didn't have enough material to give it to all the characters. Well, the, yeah, but the thing is, this wasn't really a purgatory movie. 
It wasn't like these people were trying to get, you know, absolution <laughs> to try to go anywhere. Right. This was just like a coma dream that the daughter was having. So the question is, what were all these confessions that these actually come out or just things that she knew? Uh, who knows? And they could have been things exactly. that she completely made up because again, she, nobody knew that the real father of Richard wasn't that dad. Right. So, but again, she might've made that up. Who knows? I mean, there's part of it that's, you know, alluded to be true because the note was found at the accident site. But again, maybe that note was written earlier. Right. And she's just, you know, integrated again, it's a coma dream, (laughs) you know, who knows what's real and what's not. We don't know. Yeah. So, all right. So this week we're doing, uh, cause it's all woods related stuff you know, into the woods. We're doing number of lost hikers out of 10. So what number of lost hikers out of 10 would you give this one? Um, I did. I did like it and I thought it did a pretty decent job with a lot of stuff. So I'm going to say seven, seven, seven lost hikers out of 10. Um, I didn't necessarily particularly enjoy this movie. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like like I said, the ending music to me because I grew up on you know Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. The ending music just seemed very on the nose, on point with that. And for some reason, it just didn't work well with me. Um, but I'm gonna go down to a six. I mean, it's not awful. Am I am I glad I watched it? Yes. Do I really want to rewatch it? Not necessarily. All right, um, so we'll move on to uh, Eden Lake. What uh, what year did this movie come out? Two thousand eight. Yeah, so not not too much farther. Um, no. Yeah, we're still in the age of like cell phones as a myth- mythical beast. Because I think oh it, it was goodness, like a, yes. they had this scene where it was like a miracle that he was able to configure his mobile phone with his mapping GPS or whatever. Yes, <laughs> which was pretty fun. Yes, so <laughs> uh, we might as well call these next two episodes better turn on the subtitles episodes <laughs> for these movies uh, because we get very British very quickly. You haven't seen enough British movies to know what they're saying by now? Uh, not in the hoodie phase of the, the great hoodie scare of Britain that this inspired Eden Lake to be, no. You need to watch more of um, man. <sighs> yeah. Or maybe, I, mean, I don't know, maybe I just have an innate skill for <laughs> for de- decoding <laughs> accents and what they're trying to say. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, so, uh, anyway, we get into Eden Lake 2008, stars Michael Fassbender. So, this is before he became a common name, I think, in America, by far. Well, okay, Michael Fassbender has always lived in this realm where I really feel like he's just on the verge of becoming, like, an international superstar. Um, But then, like, whenever he gets to that point, he makes a really bad movie. Yes. And then he falls off. He's, like, constantly, like, he's, like, waves. He's, like, almost there, and then he makes a bad movie and it falls again. Like, he, he seems to pick up every movie script that's ever handed to him. And he crushes it. I mean, every movie he's in, he does a fantastic job. But if the movie itself is terrible, 
it like just falls off. You know what I mean? Uh, again, yeah. I've seen him in so many roles that are fucking amazing. And I've seen him in so many bad movies where his acting is great, but the rest of the movie just sucks. But I oh, think he's, he's in... always constantly lived in that zone where he's like almost <laughs> like super famous <laughs> and he never quite gets there. Yes. Uh, he was in Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan or both. Um, He's in one war movie that we would have known him before this movie. I'm trying to remember what it was because obviously he is younger Magneto. Right, and obviously we know him as Band of Brothers. Yeah. yeah, never watched it. So fantastic! This would have been his. You should, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. Um. So this is. I want to point this out now that they no next movie never mind. Um. So anyway, it's about a boyfriend and girlfriend, Steve and Jenny, who are taking a romantic getaway, um, to. Bed and breakfast, essentially, right? Which is the well, weirdest bed and breakfast I've ever seen. I think that I think the bed and breakfast <laughs> was just a uh, a stopover. Stopover. I think, yeah, yeah. I think the the ultimate goal was they were supposed to go to you know the title Eden Lake, which was a flooded quarry, but you know it was supposed to be like a beautiful camping beach spot. Yeah, and I think they were planning on just camping out there. Yeah, but so, I think the the bed and breakfast was the stop before they got there. Yeah, so as Salem pointed out, that he's very proud of himself with the GPS, learning how to get there. Um, and through the interactions, the the first, what, 15-ish minutes, um, we kind of learned that Steve is, I'd say, a pushover. That he's very quiet, he's very outspoken. He doesn't, if someone wrongs him, he just kind of just turns the other way and doesn't sit, stand up for himself. And... Um. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but I mean, really, that's like that's like modern life, right? Yeah, uh, because yeah, I mean, like, it, I feel like you know, all like the the kind of regular people, they they do everything they can to avoid uh, confrontation, confrontation and stuff yeah. like that. And really, we only get into confrontation land when like one something whatever pushes you over the line. Everybody's got their pet peeves and stuff of things that just get them to that point where adrenaline just starts pumping and they get super angry, or you're just a fucking asshole, right? Um, right. which happens. Some people are just shit people, you know, and, you know, yeah. and then they will come force confrontations with people all the time in the age of the internet. We get to see them all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but this is obviously the dawning of people realizing that these people exist everywhere, <laughs> you know, not, <laughs> not just in any one particular place. These people are, you know, shit and they're everywhere. And this is like, this, the kind of, I feel like this is the discovery. <laughs> this is like the internet discovery <laughs> of like, wow, assholes like this exist everywhere. Yes. So I'm I think I think yeah. his reactions are perfectly normal reactions to if you want to have a, a peaceful life, you just have to let that shit go because you know if he confronts any of those shit people, it's gonna be a bad time for him. Correct. Because yeah, they uh, don't but- give a shit. They will, you know, literally do everything they can you know, give up everything that they have just to make you have a bad day. Yeah. So there's no winning in that situation. Yeah. So, um, but that's his you know, main training. We see that because, you know, people on bikes cut him off. There's, you know, a bartender who doesn't really pay much attention to him. You know, there is the loud, obnoxious child that's at the, the 
bed and breakfast, um, and people shouting. And then Jenny, she we get her character trait early on is that she's a nurturing teacher, that she loves kids. Seemingly, right? Right. Um so yeah, so they go you know the the bed and breakfast is a stopover, and then they go there and they get to the quarry and it's under construction. And he goes, Oh, I didn't know this was happening, which you know, you think you would know, but they kind of go through there and it's supposed to be lake houses built up on Eden Lake. Um, so they see a construction site and the fence, and they find the employee entrance and they go in there anyway. Um, and they just kind of set up camp. They see, I don't know, a 12 year old boy kind of doing science project E stuff out there named Adam. Who yeah, he was like looking for caterpillars or something. Yeah. Um, very, very, very shy. Uh, and, you know, and Jenny wanted to talk to him. She's like, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Like, I know, I know, you, you're correct. Um, but she just wanted to just talk to him and see if she knew what's going on there. And just being the, the teacher, right? Approaching the young child cautiously and rightfully so. Um, eventually they get to the the lake and they start sunbathing in glorious old England, which, you know, overcast. All the time. Yeah, and... I don't. Yeah, I don't quite understand <laughs> what they're bathing in or why, but right. Um, and we, you know, we see that, uh, you know, Steve is planning on proposing to to Jenny here. That's the, that's the whole point of the getaway. Anyway, they fall asleep. All of a sudden, there's a uh, obnoxious gang of youths. <laughs> Are also, <laughs> yeah. To say, yeah. To put it mildly, at this point in time, that's all they are. Just they're just being they're being teenagers. We probably would have been the same way at this point. Just we would have snuck. I would have snuck into a construction site like that, hands down. Well, okay. If this was me <laughs> in this situation. Oh, I might have gone around the construction site, right? I mean, like nobody's there. It's they barely yeah. started. You know, if you already know where the yeah. beach is and you're, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. But if I'm like hanging out on the beach and like a bunch of like, like terrible children show up <laughs> with like a vicious Rottweiler dog that they let off leash and stuff, I am yeah. out. Yes. I am out, and, and I am not coming back. <laughs> like that, no way in hell. I don't care how much of a, a party I was planning on having there. No way. Yes, the the wife said the thing. she's like, uh, it, I would just go. I'm like, that's yeah, exactly. I probably would just go. Exactly. Too. A Rottweiler off-leash, like kids, you know, like asshole kids, like blasting music, like throwing trash everywhere. You know, I mean, just being nasty, shitty people. Like they're picking on poor Caterpillar kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just not good. And that's, yeah, just get out. Just get the fuck out. Yeah, so you know they're being disturbing, and 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 Steve goes there to say, "Hey, can you just just turn it down? Just, just turn it down." Um, and he's met with just verbal abuse and threatening with the dog, and the one girl going, "You're staring at my breasts," and I'd well, say she the doesn't say it game, so nicely. Yeah, no, I I cleaned it up a lot. I know. I'm just I'm just saying. Um, and then like you know they can see that they're looking at his girlfriend and. I'd say the leader pulls out his penis as they walk on by and just whatever, right? Yeah. 
Um, so they, you know, she's like, okay, we gotta get going. And then he whips out his tent, just throws in the air, the automatic pop-up tent. Right. I mean, but I like, okay, like. <laughs> what insane person after that whole scene is going to be like, yeah, let's <laughs> camp out in the exact same spot that we were when this happened. Yes. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yes. Um, so anyway, they wake up, they go to get breakfast, and they find out that there's insects all over the food. So seemingly that the rowdy youth came back and ruined their food. They went to go to um, get to town, like, okay, we have to eat, and their their car has been punctured, the tire's been punctured with a bottle that they were drinking with. Um, so they go into town, they talk to the you know, the waitress there, she goes, oh, there's not, those wouldn't be my kids. You know, those aren't, you know, just ask about these kids, you know, about this roving gang of kids on bikes. Um, she goes, no, that's not them, and they're leaving town, and he happens to see their bikes. And what does he do? He decides, you know, he's going out there just to say, hey, we need to talk about this, talk to your parents, and then he proceeds to enter the house. Steve does. Right. I mean, just like, straight away i mean like there's not even like hesitation he's just like oh look doors open and it just walks right in the non-confrontational guy just goes into a house <laughs> in the boonies let's call it the boonies of england right right um you know dad kind of he starts to move around that the dad essentially comes home and he has to like escape over the roof out the window and jump over the okay well here's what happens yeah the dad shows up at the front door instead of running back out the open door he just came in he goes goes up the stairs what is wrong with you yeah i'm pretty sure maybe Um, maybe he like you know had like some chemicals in his water or something maybe this is like a brain damage situation he's not making solid decisions no the one time he decides to be confrontational, he makes the dumbest things. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, anyway, um, they, they, they leave, uh, they go back to the lake, and um, I think she takes a nap, and he goes, like, scuba diving? He comes out with scuba equipment, right? From the yeah, lake. yeah, they don't show him scuba diving, but again, he it's a flood. Out. Well, it's a flooded yeah. quarry. Flooded quarries are known for being are, like scuba dive hangouts because yeah. they're so deep and they're, you know, I guess interesting yeah. for scuba people. But yeah, that's what he was doing. But he all, all of a sudden he's like, there's no inflation. It's just 15 seconds of him coming out of the lake with scuba gear. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, and they find out that all their stuff has been taken out. She must be taking Zach something to be that sound asleep two days in a row in the middle of the day. Well, and again, know that okay, it's been taken. Okay, again, I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand the logic here. Like, okay, like that stuff happened with the kids, right? They still stay the night, right? Yep. That's. I mean, I, obviously, I would have been gone long before that. But again, they stay the night. Okay, even if you're making those bad decisions, when you find out that your tire was slashed. And then you like go into town and find out that like the dad is just as shitty as the kid is, right? Yep. Um, and like, okay, like this is just a bad situation. We need to just get the hell out of here. Instead of making that decision, they go back to the same exact spot they were just in. And yep. then he leaves her alone to go scuba diving, which obviously he can't keep an eye on her, 
when he's scuba diving. And then, yeah, she's Correct. like whatever popping zannies or whatever it is to like pass <laughs> out in the, the same location. Like they're in the same place where all of this Huge stuff already lake. happened. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Huge ass lake. I'm, I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that they deserved anything that's happening to them. I'm just saying, like, what are you thinking? Get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, oh, oh no. They go to find their car is gone. So then they kind of have to make it back to town on foot, which is well, yeah. Yeah. Again, they they make the genius move of they take one beach bag and they put their car keys, their phones, their wallets, everything that they basically own that's of any value is in this one bag that was then stolen. Yes. Um. Yeah. So anyway, they make it back to the road, and all of a sudden their their car comes barreling at them breakneck speed they dive out of the way and eventually they kind of try to find where the car goes they go in that general direction but trying to get there it's nighttime and there's a fire and they find the kids he's like hey you know we don't want any trouble can we just get our car keys and we'll be out of our way we'll just forget any of this ever happens we'll just be on our way and he's like no these are my car keys and they start going to like self is like cell phone rings is that you have the same ringtone as me, mate? Yeah. You wear aviator sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> right? He's like, dude, just give me the keys. We'll just be on our way. You can keep everything else. We don't care. Jenny's urging Steve to just leave everything and just go, which she's right. Um, okay, yeah, but she wasn't, the... she wasn't saying that a minute ago. <laughs> she's part yeah. of the reason why they're there. Yes. Um. So then they pull out their, their switchblades. And they start threatening him, and they attack him, and the dog also joins in on the fun of the attacking. And somehow he's able to angle the knife and kills the dog. Steve does. Yeah. Which is their leader, Brett's dog. And he's like, she's dead. Like, I'm sorry, just give me the car keys and we'll be out of here. I but, mean again, to. yeah, I mean, but yeah, he again, like, immediately starts feeling bad for doing so. Like, man, right. they were using the dog as a weapon. That sucks. <laughs> But, like, yeah. you're defending yourself. I mean, you shouldn't feel bad about that. But whatever. Right. And we love dogs, and we go, okay. And then yeah, what's he I, do? I he love dogs, the but, yeah, if somebody is using a dog as a weapon, you cannot fault someone for defending themselves against it. Correct. It was two guys and a dog, and he was just trying to not get bit or stabbed. Exactly. Really? Um, yeah, he didn't start you know, it. It so, was pure self-defense. Right. You know, it's like, you guys started, it's your fault. But, yeah, so he ends up getting the keys, and he gets to the car, and now the gang's mad. They were just fooling around before, right? Um, So uh, they get in the car, they start getting... They get in the car, they drive away, they get stuck trying to go up a hill for some reason, and the gang shows up, starts throwing rocks at the windows and bashing it. They break all their headlights. They're able to get out of it, and they start driving away. He can't see. He's going stupidly fast through a forest at night with no headlights. Um, And then crash. And then he gets pinned by a tree, and he tells Jenny to to leave. Um, He goes, like, 20 feet away, and and she kind of hides in, like, some covering and wakes up, goes back to the car, and he's missing. There's, like, a trail of 
clearly body being dragged away with blood. Um, she kind of finds follows that trail and finds him that he's been barbed wired up, has the dog leash around his neck, and being tortured essentially, right? Yeah, and no, yeah. full on torture. I'm watching. Yeah. yeah, and you know the ganglier's like, you know, I caught him, I caught him, right? And, and I caught him too, and gets you know the the high quality of 2008 cell phone recordings of. <laughs> Uh, the the female page in the gang to record all the stuff, and he forces everyone else to cut him. Like only right. one guy was okay with it. Everyone else is like hesitating. He's like forcing his hand, their hands to do it. Like I got all of you on video. We got all of you, so you can't do anything about it. You know, uh, one guy like shoves the uh, oh the. What kind of knife do you call that? The packaging knife, the uh, a box retractable rate box cutter, yeah. yeah, into his mouth, like twists it, like they cut him good, stab him in the side, deep, um, and they're going to be ready to kill him. And she, you know, successfully navigates the the smartphone two thousand eight where okay. she connects to okay. his now. Yeah, here is here is Bluetooth. where I'm confused <laughs> as what's happening here. Okay. She has yes. some form of device that, for yes. whatever reason or another, cannot make its own phone call. Yep. And she has to connect to his phone through Bluetooth to make a phone call. But the phone Maybe call doesn't come pilot? through. Yeah, the, but the phone thought does not come through the device she is holding. It's going through the phone itself. Like, what is yes. fucking the point of this? And what is happening? It's like, what, what does she have in her it's like hand? A re, it's like a remote control app for a cell phone that's not next to you. Right. But I mean, like, at a, even in 2008, I don't think there was a device that was shaped like a phone that had a screen like a phone that was not a phone. Other than Palm Pilots. Well, like yeah, Palm, really Pilots, Palm, Pilot. Palm Pilots predate 2008. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they had maybe. those devices, but not at this time period. And like <laughs> again, this is supposed to be like a modern thing. Like 2008, they had smartphones. Yes, they were like, you know, primitive by today's standards, but they were still smartphones. Like, what device does she have that can't make its own phone calls, They're, but has Bluetooth? Th- th- 2008, <laughs> we had Blackberries. But let's face it, right. right? You know what I'm saying? Like, th- there's no way that this device does not. I don't. I don't get that whole scene. Obviously, it would probably would not have mattered anyway. Because they could have just explained it away with no signal, right? They're out in the woods somewhere. They could just say no signal. But then the other people are using phones all the time to call each other. So I don't, I don't know. I don't. Right. I just don't quite so understand what device I, that is that she has. Maybe it's a British thing. I have no. Uh, yeah, idea. I don't I know. Don't, maybe I was very confused by it too. Um, but yeah, so they find out that she's doing it, and they start chasing her. Um, and then Steve gets. He unties himself. Yep. Right. Um, so yeah, so you know, you can tell that Brett is just an asshole. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you uh, can tell he's the leader and yeah. yeah, by forcing them all to stab them, like they're all like a lot of them are trying to like fight him and say no, and he just like beats them down and just forces them to do it and they oh, all yeah. just go along with it. And you can tell yeah, like really no one wants to be doing this. Like no one is okay with it except for him, but they all do it because they're all afraid of him. Right. And so, yeah, essentially they give chase. Um 
you know, Steve kind of ambles, he kind of arms himself, gets the first aid kit, gets like a hatchet from his car, sets off the alarm. Tire iron? Okay, and then he's ready to attack, and like something's coming at him, he swings and barely misses Jenny. And 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 what does he do? Drops it. He leaves the tire iron on the ground, like... You just yes. had a weapon. You dropped a knife. Yeah. <laughs> you just had a weapon. Why? You barely even tried to use it against your own <laughs> girlfriend, and then you left it on the ground. Like, what is wrong with you? Yep. He used the weapon. They're disposable weapons. It's only usable once. The pocket knife was only oh, only usable once. You had to drop it. It's like Iron that. Yeah, it's like that video one. game mechanic that I can't stand, where like a lead <laughs> pipe breaks after you hit something with it five times. Like, have you ever seen a lead pipe? Like, have you ever hit things, like, very hard things with a lead pipe? It doesn't even change its shape. It doesn't even ding it. No. A lead pipe is a lead pipe. It will not change. You can beat <laughs> 100 people to death with the lead pipe. It is not going to break. I hate the game right. mechanic where, like, ridiculous things that are should be, you know, good for the length of the game break inexplicably after, like, five uses. Right. Stupid. Anyway, continue. So anyway, they find like an old boathouse. She tries patching him up, but she's he's definitely bleeding out from oh, the yeah. side. He's, yeah, really he's like full guy. on, like in shock with like yeah. you know shaking convulsions. Like yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah. Um, she tries to shove gauze into his open wound. He proposes. The gang starts. <laughs> yeah, very ro- that it's a very romantic. They go scene. into yes, uh, and then if he wasn't dying from the bleed out, he's gonna die from infection because they're in the water underneath the boathouse which is nasty as hell right yeah um um but you know she she kind of leaves him leaves him there she's like okay i gotta get out and she tries to find um essentially a uh way to get help you know, you'll be able to find and she steps on a spike that just goes through her foot yeah like all the way she, through <laughs> Well, yeah, and then she, she can't pull out from the bottom, so what she do? She pounds on the spike on the log to make it go all the way, the rest of the way through her foot. Yeah. Um, and then she finds, like, the foreman's office at the construction site. She can't get in. The gang happens to find her uh, trail pretty well. Um, she nimbly closes up the side of the building when they're on both sides of it. And they're like, okay, we gotta find her. Um, and then, right? So she's that they well, leave there. She's, well, yeah. Michael Fassbender told her um, so that he saw power lines at one yeah. point in time. So basically, to tell her to go to the power lines and then follow them back to civilization. So that's what that's what right. she's. Well, that's what she was doing when she stepped on the spike. Is she was trying to follow the power lines because she finally found them and then she started running. And of course, she stepped on the big spike. Right. Um. So anyway, she's. You're going back, and, and then she sees Adam, the kid from they met earlier. He's like, hey, can I use your cell phone? My mom's going to call me. It's battery's dying. He's making up excuses, and something bad's happening. And you find out that he actually told the gang that where she was, they come and just kick the, I think they kick the side of her face, knocking her out. And she wakes up tied to now Steve's dead body and dumping gasoline onto them. And they're like, "All right, we're going. To, we're going to do this. You got. You got to light it. Um, and we got to record it too. You know, Paige, get your phone out again. I got to record it. And he's forced. No one wants to do it. 
Um, so he forces Adam to do it, holds it, lights it, and Steve's body starts burning. But since they use the same rope to tie them together as the fire is burning the rope, she's able to escape. And so she lights, dumps gasoline, lights it, get a flame up, runs away. Steve's body's still burning, and she gets a little bit away, and she they see uh, Brett douse Adam in the you know gasoline and sets him on fire. Yeah, so well, yeah, he basically says, if you don't come back, I'm going to kill this kid. And she just keeps running, so he literally right. lights the poor kid on fire. Which was against her character because she desperately wanted to go and save him. You could see it in her eyes that she right. didn't want to do it. The one thing that fight yeah, for her life, right? The one thing that I thought was hilarious is like, okay, if you take a a big huge pile of sticks and you coat the whole thing in gasoline mm-hmm. and you throw a match at it, um, is there any part of that pile of stick that doesn't immediately go up where the gas had touched? No, no, it immediately no. goes up. It like spreads immediately. They show specifically yes. them dumping gasoline on her. Yes. And she's right next to Steve. When they throw the match, Steve goes up and she does not, <laughs> which Correct. again is like, this is against physics unless she has, you know, like some kind of like, well, I, I obviously she has miracle plot armor on, but like somehow the gas that's on her was too <laughs> watered down to go up when they threw a match. At her. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she's going back. She finds uh, the the old uh, trail map that exists at the park from the old. She breaks up the glass, finds it. She writes a note saying, "You know, they killed Steve and Adam. And help!" Um, she hears them coming, and she hides in essentially the shit house garbage can. Oh, oh, yeah. And they like she dives fully into it because I think that he's gonna. Find it. They find the note. Oh, she gets out. She, you know, rips off a little bit of her sundress, gets a piece of glass, and one of the kids seizes her that was having major issues. That even threw up after, you know, he just gently cut Steve, and they're causing him to have issues. She's like, "Ma'am, ma'am," and then she turns around, and just stabs him right in the throat, and then she realizes it's one of the kids that was having. That didn't want to do it. She could tell that Brett is the leader, and most of these other kids are being forced into it. Yeah, and but I mean, okay. That at at this, it. yeah, at this point, she is like terrified. They just tried to kill her, and this guy was yeah. letting it happen. Okay, they let it happen. Yes. They they let the torture happen to her fiance. They let you know the possible murder of her, the murder of that kid that they lit on fire, and now this kid is going to try to be nice. They're yeah, all and, guilty. And, Right. In her yeah. mind, I do not blame her one fucking bit no. <laughs> for for reacting the way that she did. No, she has been treated absolutely horribly at this point. I mean, yeah, we're supposed to like feel bad for that kid, but I honestly don't. Like she's still you're, did, yeah, you're going along <laughs> with it. I mean, yeah, she can feel bad about it afterwards, but yeah, seriously. Right. In the situation that she was yeah. in, I don't blame but her. But she hold Yeah, she holds him as he dies though. Yeah, he she does still that. feels bad. She didn't want to do it. Um, but anyway, she kind of continues, uh, make it along through the, through the, using the map. Like, we know where she's going because she's using these trails. We know these trails. Um, they find the, they find the body because there's like a really loud scream. I thought it was her at first, but no, it was, it was one of the other boys. 
that were in the gang. Brett shows up, Paige is there, he's like, oh man. And then uh one of the guys like, we, we're done. We gotta stop this. Like, you see these, you see these pictures, you see these videos, you're on here too. No, he's trying to stand up to him, and he gets beat to death by Brett. Yep. Um, and then Paige, the young lady of the group, runs because this guy's clearly off the rails. Right? She hasn't do anything had to do anything other than record stuff, which is still hard, but she's still very complacent. Right. Um, but now she realizes that Brett is just gone completely batshit insane. Because now he knows, okay, I killed a kid, I killed another kid, I killed a guy and tried killing this woman who's escaping. I am screwed when they find out. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, so she, so Jenny's finds a row and then she's picked up by a guy in a car and he's looking for his little brother and his little brother happens to be the boy that she killed. Uh, she's like, no, I found, I, I call the cell phone. He's right here. You know, I'm just looking for him. And he drives her back to in Lake after she worked so hard to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out of the car and he's talking to him and she's like, you know, screw this, takes the car and just start driving away. And I don't blame her. In the least bit. Right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't blame her for this next part either. I would do the same thing. No. So yeah, she so she's driving away and then she essentially gets hit and ends up going into a backyard. Well not yet. No. Paige where, jumps out. Paige oh, that had yes, run away Paige before. Jumps out. She jumps out and instead of slowing down or trying to That's go right. around her. She steps on she the gas <laughs> and just takes her out, which, again, I don't blame her one fucking bit. Because <laughs> last time Correct. they were in a car trying to get away, they were all throwing rocks and shit and yeah. jumping on the hood and trying to get up. Yeah, I don't blame her one bit for doing that. Well, she, does, she doesn't know that Paige ran away. and it was. Well, no, she doesn't know. Yeah, so, she doesn't know that at all. But, she, again, I don't blame her for, yeah. you know, just mowing her down, like, get no. the fuck out of my way. Right. Right. Yeah, then she gets back into the town, gets into gets hit by a car because she's very afraid. I don't blame her in the least bit. Right. It goes into like, it seems like a British key party. I couldn't tell those people <laughs> would be naked. In that I know. Party. I think, I oh, think it not. was like, it was like, <laughs> like one of those like temporary backyard pools, but I think it was full of foam. <laughs> I think they were having like yeah. a foam party or something, but yeah, they had like a full on stage. I have no idea. They had a full on like stage yeah. with like lights and shit. Like it looked like a hell of a party was going on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she kind of collapses. She's saying, help me. You know, they start cleaning her up. And, you know, she starts looking. She kind of gets to and she starts looking around and the adults look kind of familiar. Right. Like, I'd say one woman looks exactly like Paige. Right. <laughs> um, and then she finds out that she is in Brett's house. Um. And she sees that, oh, there's another Rottweiler, and Bonnie was the one that was killed. And there's Clyde, and sees pictures of Brett, and she's like, oh, shit. But here's, here, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing uh, I don't understand. She was in the car right outside of that house. Yes. Right? She was in the car right outside of that house to the point where the dude came home, and she had to move their car out of his driveway to let him in the driveway. Like, she knew what the house looked like. Why would she yeah. run into the same house knowing that's the house? Great question. 
I mean, again, like if she wasn't oh, a part of that scene, yeah. I could get it. But no, she was a part of that scene. She looked at the house. Like if you've looked at a house, you can tell if you look at the same house the next day. I mean, she's clearly not in the greatest. I, mental I know, state. I know. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> ju- you know, pure judgment on her. But I'm like, dear God, yeah. don't run into the first house you come across if it's the same house that you were just in front of yesterday. Right. Uh, um, so she's like, um, I'm gonna be sick. She locks herself in the bathroom. She can't get out because it's the windowless glass pane blocks bathroom. Right. Yeah. Like and the, also she the hears phone calls and bricks, commotions. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Phone calls and realizing that uh, parents have been called. These are all the parents of all the kids from the gang, and now they know that their kids are some kids have died, and they start trying to break into the bathroom to get her. Uh, she arms herself with a straight blade, shaving blade, right? And razor. Um, straight razor, yeah. And uh, they break in. She's like, "Okay, stop. We got this." She's like, they, he killed them because Brett's there. No, he didn't. You know, convinced you know, and then her his dad is the same type of person that Brett is, and convinces the other parents, just like Brett convinced the other kids, to listen to him and what he says goes. And, you know, he tells Brett to go into his room. We got this. He, you know, has a hold of her and two other guys go into the bathroom. Door closes. She's screaming. Brett looks himself in the mirror and puts his aviator shades back on. The end. (laughs) Yep. Uh, First thoughts for me was I've heard a lot about this movie, unfortunately, because I watch What Culture Horror a lot. And this movie comes up a lot. Now, I didn't realize everything that happened in this movie, so it's still new to me. Like, I had no idea they burned a kid alive. No no clue. Yeah, no, I have, I had um, seen this but movie this before. was a... I watched it a few years back. Okay. Um, but this, yeah, this is my first time, and this was like, this is like, I spit on your grave, or, you know, last house on the left, but British in 2008. It oh, that, very yeah. much is that feel. That was the one thing, like, again, like those movies, I was waiting for a fucking, like, cringy rape scene. I was like, please don't. Please don't. Was please I? don't. I don't want to see this. I will get so upset, like, <laughs> children, like, raping a grown woman. Like, no, 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 please don't. And thankfully, they did not. But it it, it still felt just as bad. Like, I mean, the end result of yes. this still feels just as bad, but I was really hoping that they wouldn't have a, like a weird rape scene. And thankfully they did not, but yeah, it really has the same vibe as those movies. It really does. It it, it felt just like I was watching something from like 1974. Yeah. But 34 years made later. Right. I but mean, yeah, no, I, like I, said, I, I, I did some little bit of research uh-huh. and you know, it's the idea of, because do you remember the, the hoodie thing? I, it didn't really happen in America, but do you remember hearing about that in England about the hoodie gangs? And that's why they had the hoodie gangs in um hot fuzz. Yeah. Well yeah, that was yeah, the hoodie gangs and then yeah. there was the whole the soccer yeah. hooligan the thing. Broken Britain. Yeah. 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 Right. Um so that was you know, this for being that, this was a great social commentary into a part of a different country part of the world that we don't necessarily hear a lot about, but we knew enough about it. And to see what their fears were and to put into a movie, just like we're used to seeing it in our products of our time in American horror movies. And I thought it was great to see that in a different culture. Done. 
you know? Right. Um, uh, so, you know, what was your first thought and what was your thoughts on the rewatch then? Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I read an article a while back. It's a few years back. Um, I'm pretty sure it was right after um, I watched Britannia. Did you ever watch that show? No. Um, anyway, Mary Riley, Jenny, is in that movie, and so is the governor from The Walking Dead. Um, but anyway, it was, it, was a, it was an okay show. Um, it was decent. And then I, was, I read an article not long after that talking about Eden Lake. There's like always t- articles talking about Eden Lake. People talk about it a lot. Um, and I was like, okay. There's well, a, yes, there's a lot of them. Right. And I'm like, okay, Mary Riley, I just saw her in Britannia. I like that a lot. I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. And I watched it. And yeah, it was, um, yeah. Again, that was the whole time I was, when I was watching it the first time. I'm like, please don't have a rape scene. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to watch this. Cause, uh, you know, I, I remember watching, yeah, it's been in your grave and, you know, last house and left and, and just, you know, that despair you feel watching that stuff. I really didn't want to feel that again. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great movie. I mean it's it's disturbing at times, but it is a a very well made movie. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, the the rewatch, yeah, basically nothing was lost. It was it was still basically the same feelings I had the first time, even though I knew what was going to happen. Uh, it mm-hmm. still doesn't stop the the tension and the pacing from getting to you. It's just yeah, it's just that well crafted yeah. of a of a story that it doesn't even if you've seen it before, it really doesn't matter. It still feels the same. Well, I mean, I think it's it's it, I think it says something for us to be kind of disturbed by movies, right? We watch a lot of movies. It but yeah, this is like gritty, it's grimy, and like I said, another thing that would have been not out of place would have been a rape scene, but still just you know. Ner- an unnerving movie like we can see people explode in body horror to no end generally we don't have issues with that but there's something unnerving about this type of story right yeah as a, and those are probably those love bad the endings. worst ones to me yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, the ending is like with fury <laughs> the ending yes. the ending makes you angry yes it's a bad ending and you just want you want brett to get his head bashed in with the rock right you really did, and the only people that got killed are the ones that were the most hesitant. Right? Yeah, the ones that stood up to Brett were the ones <laughs> that got killed, and those are like the ones that should not have. Yeah, it's it's like all around, it's like just a disheartening, <laughs> bad, sad, anger filled <laughs> ending. It's like what the hell happened? Right. Yeah. But again, it, I I love those endings where it's like you do not expect that to happen at all. Um, you kind of sort of, you kind of sort of see the, uh, these being the parents of the kids kind of telegraphed. Right. Um, but like her mm-hmm. not being able to get away and ultimately, you know, <laughs> being ended by them and then nothing gets resolved. You don't see that. Correct. Um, yeah. So let's get into the highlights then. You know, I think overall acting phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, I, that's, I, I that's, really felt like Brett was a slime bag. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I'd say that's, I mean, that's also my highlight is, is all around the acting is great. I mean, you know, like Michael Fassbender, Mary Riley, fantastic. I mean, all the kids, um, yeah, just anger you at times, you know, both with how <laughs> shitty they can be and then how stupid they are, you know, but again, they, they always come off as this is possible, right? Like kids can yep. fall into this. They're very, you know, 
I guess, realistic in that portrayal of like, this really could happen. Like one bad person who's like abused by their father, you know, and then takes it out on everybody else by being this like, just asshole shitty person, like can really make stuff like this happen. And it's, it sucks and it's terrifying and it's yeah. But overall, everybody did a fantastic (laughs) job. Great job. Like even, even, even like the, the NPC type characters are great. Like there's, there's no, like, I'd I'd say that the worst actor of the bunch is, is maybe the brother that's driving the car. Like he's, he's a little dopey and not great. And that's about it. That's like really the lowest as it gets. Everybody else is phenomenal. Yeah. And you know, it, it, another highlight is it, it felt so real. It felt brutal. Like it felt like you were watching someone, get cut and tortured like it felt that visceral that tension that everything goes with the type of movies right yeah and no, it's, they it's do it really really well to unnerve you <laughs> right but that's a highlight because it's it's hard to pull off well right we yeah. I, I mean some people try to be edgy and, and stuff like that and it doesn't work but i'm like they nailed it yeah, they, they really, really did. did. Um, and that, that's my other highlight is I would just say that specifically the pacing of this movie is great. Um, it is yes. like, you know, it, it starts off that little bit of lead time where even even in the lead time, there's still unnerving stuff. Like, you know, the lady slapping her kid like in full view of everyone else is like, OK, it, it gives you a little bit of foreshadowing as to where this is going. Um, but like, you know, it, it's, you know, slow starts to where the, okay, they got a little bit of problems with the kids and then they're trying to have fun and then they got problems and then have fun. But like, once it really starts going, it does not stop. It, it does not stop at all. It is like, you know, full gas all the way through to the end. And it does, it just does not let up. It's just horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing. And it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's great. And then it ends in that, you know, horrible way where you're still like, just angry about the whole thing happening, but this is you know, yeah. a great story overall. Yeah. What about low points for you though? Uh, low points. They use the puking scene way too many times. Okay. Somebody does something bad and then they throw up about it. Like they do that scene like four or five times in this movie. Like I get it. Like they're, they, yes. they don't like what they do. There are other ways to show it other than showing them throw up immediately after they do it. Like they, they do that constantly and it's, and it's overdone, but whatever that's it. And the other thing is, man, that dumpster was so gross. <laughs> I mean, like she opened the top and it was like three quarters of the way full with like greasy, slimy sludge stuff. So like, you know, is old, like rotten, nasty yes. food and, and human and animal waste and probably, oh, ugh. And she just covered it. Yeah. She just covered it. Like after she gets yep. in it, like she does not recover from that. She's just covered through it the whole rest of that movie. Oh, so yes. gross. And then like even when she's laying down on the couch at the end, it's like there's stains all over that couch. <laughs> oh yeah, so gross. Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, I guess the confusing technology that we don't seem to understand, and we know technology, um, is was the point and. Yeah, I mean, I understand that the movie has to happen, but get out. Like, leave. I, I wouldn't stand for it. You wouldn't stand well, for it. Yeah, again, like, uh, there's no way. After that happened the first time, <laughs> especially after they had that con- confrontation and those kids acted so badly, like, you just need to get away. 
I mean, when people yeah. show you their quality like that, just get the hell away from them. Because if they're already being that shitty and they don't even know you, just get away, man. Nothing good is going to come out of that. Bad oh, things yeah. are going to happen. Do not stay in a place where they know where you are. <laughs> just get out. Go to another <laughs> beach somewhere. You know, go back home. Whatever you got to do, just get away from it. It's not worth it. And it's and they Correct. made the, they basically pushed past that point like what three times to where yeah. like they should have left and they just kept being stupid like th- you know three oh, I probably even more than that but like I don't know I don't yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Like, yep. When their car got <laughs> stolen, yeah, they should have just went to the police, you know? Yep. Simple as Done. that. Yeah. They walked. I mean, just get back to town, go to the cops. <laughs> you know, I mean, worst case, you report your car stolen. Even if they don't find it, insurance will give you money for it. <laughs> yep. And then my little point is I agree. You can not show people throwing up the movies. That could stop as a trend. We can just hear it and understand what's going on. We don't need to see it every single time. Well, again, I get the point, but it's like there are other ways to show that people are sickened by what's happening around them. It's like that was the only way the guy like, okay, he's sickened by what he knows. Uh, Throw up like everybody does the same move. And it's like, okay, come on. Yeah. Like you're you're doing great in everything else. Come up with another move. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Any other other little points? No. You want to get to how many lost hikers we got? Go for Lost Hikers, buddy. It's all you. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, this was, like I said, I knew a little bit about this movie. Um, I wish I watched it sooner, quite honestly. Uh, so this would have been like you know a rewatch for me. But overall, just it, it it's a solid ass movie. It really, really is. And I understand why so many people talk about it. Like I really do. Um, I'm giving it a nine. Uh, lost hikers out of 10 how about you um i'm close i'm close um again i watched it before but i didn't remember (laughs) that i watched it until i turned the movie on and i was like (laughs) oh i have seen this before like i I, like as soon as i saw mary riley teaching the class which is the first opening scene i'm like i've seen this before And then I remembered, yeah, yeah, I did not even really remember (laughs) until that point, but no, I, I, yeah, I I would agree. It's a, it's a, it's a great movie. It's fantastic movie. Um, I will go 8.5, 8.5 lost hikers out of 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. Solid movie. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely up there. Definitely a, a, a quality movie, quality watch. Um, I thank whoever made it for not having a rape scene. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's that's good because it really <laughs> felt like this is the kind of movie that they're gonna do that with, especially when you're the first time I watched it, and you see his like his dick out in that scene, you're like, oh, this is not gonna go yeah. well. <laughs> this is not gonna go well. Correct. And then, thankfully, <laughs> it did not go that direction. But yeah, movie fantastic. Okay, so our third right, and so. final movie is the Ritual, which I believe is fairly recent. I think yes. it's 2017. 17. Yeah. Yep. Um. And yeah, and I remember I watched it right when it first came out because I mean there was kind of a bigger fanfare. So did I. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of pushed. The marketing was pushed for it enough, but it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was solid. Um, uh, oh yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah. You want me to start, or you want to start? Yep. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll tag team it. You can start. I'll t- I'll. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, essentially we open up in a bar. Uh, and a group mm-hmm. of five friends are all kind of arguing um, over where they're going to go for like their boys trip. 
I guess, right? Um, yeah, they're all friends from college. Right. Yeah. yeah, so apparently they go on a boys trip every year, and they're trying to figure out where they should go. Um, so they're tossing out ideas of, like, you know, what is it? Ibiza, and then, like, Vegas, and, like... All these different Italy, kind of places, no, right? Or, or like Tuscany, what, or Bulgaria, right? Or Belgium, right? There's all Belgium. these like no one goes to Belgium on purpose, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're throwing out all these ideas, and then the one guy throws out this idea of like, oh yeah, there's this like hiking trail, you know, between like Sweden and Norway, which is kind of like the you know European Appalachian Trail, and everybody's like, no, <laughs> right? Like no one is on board with that except for this one guy. Um, so then they show him like you know and, after at the end of the night they're all walking. Um, down the street and they're discussing it a little more. They're like, what is this? How did you hear about it? Kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually they, the one guy goes, Luke is his name. He goes, um, uh, yeah, I need, I need a bottle. Like I'm not done drinking for tonight. I'm going to go into this liquor store and get a bottle of something. He's like, you guys want anything? You guys want to come with? And everybody's like, no. And then the one guy, the, the, yeah. the trail guy is like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll go with you. Yep. So yeah, they go into the liquor store. Uh, he pulls like a bottle of vodka. Um, and then as they're kind of standing there talking, they look over and they see like the clerk, the counter clerk is like obviously been injured and is like laying on the ground, <laughs> like behind the counter, like hostage situation. Right. Yeah, and it's, yeah. and they're like, oh, no. And so then they see like, you know, two guys obviously robbing the place burst out of the back room, like, you know, with this other guy, like kind of knocking them around. Um, and then the guy, Luke, with the bottle runs and hides on the on the other side of the shelf and the other guy the the trail guy just kind of stands there shocked um Mm -hmm. and so they you know the robbers walk up to him and they're like don't move like give me your wallet and so he hands him you know the wallet and he's like what else you got he's like well i got this watch he gives him the watch and he's like all right what else you got he's like oh you got the what about that ring he's like that's my wedding ring i can't give you that he's like give me the fucking ring (laughs) and he basically just says no he kind of looks back at luke you know, Luke just kind of just stays hidden. Um, and then he just gets smashed in the face by like a pipe. Oh, he gets brained. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like if he gets smashed <laughs> in the face of this pipe and he just goes down hard. Um, and then you like, you see him like get up and he looks up a little bit at Luke and then he just gets smashed again in the head. And you can tell that one was fatal. Like uh, there is blood everywhere. Like it's bad. So like those, you know, the guy like just. He dead. Yeah, he's, he's dead. He pulls <laughs> the ring off, whatever. Um, and then essentially. Um, we cut <laughs> to six months later um, to where the remaining four guys are on the Sweden Norway trail, um, basically doing like a memorial walk for this guy who yes. has died at, as a result of that. Yep. Um, yeah, they have a picture there. They have a teddy bear. They stack rocks. Um Right. Yeah, yeah, they make like a little memorial and have like a little moment um to commemorate them. Pass the thing. flask and then right. the flask that holds way too much liquid. Right. Yeah, that light scene was like <laughs> too long. I'm like, come on, man. We don't need to watch the whole thing. Um but anyway, yeah, they basically decide to go on that trip that he suggested in kind of like his memory, right? Um so they, they mm-hmm. do that and then they okay, now they just gotta follow this trail all the way back to the town. Um, and as they're walking, the end, yeah, yeah, the one guy Dom, who's kind of like the the bigger complainer of the group, um, he like twists his ankle, um, and he immediately tells him like, "Oh, we have to stop. I can't go. Like, you know, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. <laughs> you know." And they're in the middle of nowhere. There's nowhere else to go. They have to walk. 
Well, it, it, it's, it, it does seem like an ankle twist, but it's his knee that gets really messed. Right. Yeah. They kind of, oh, yeah, it kind of changes Howl as time. Hell. Yeah. It changes <laughs> as time goes on as to what the injury is. But anyway, he has a, a, a leg injury, a lower leg injury. How about that? Um, but yeah, yes. So yeah, he basically says, like, yeah, I can't go anywhere. Like, we need to figure something out. And so then Luke and uh, Hutch, who are the kind of like the two like leader guys, um, they mm-hmm. they pull aside and they're like, okay, what can we do? And Hutch is like, oh, well, I was looking at the map. Um, and see where the trail goes is like this big loop around um, you know, around the mountain. And if we just cut straight through this forest, we can get straight to the town by the end of the day. You know. Of course, right? Yeah, shortcuts. Yeah, the, never I think the, I think I think I think the hikes back to the inn was like they said like eight hours, right? Um, and you know because they're talking about like oh we'll just leave them here they have food we'll go get help which would have been you know a smart thing to do probably but, um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, well, so anyway, through these woods. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, guy with the 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 ankle slash knee injury hears about this and is like, "Yeah, there's a shorter way. We need to take it. Let's go. You know, I, I whatever we need to get out of here as fast as possible, kind of thing." And so like, okay, I guess we'll we'll just start walking through the woods. So they start walking through the woods, um, and eventually it starts raining real bad. Uh, you know, it's nighttime. They need to find shelter. So when they find like this little cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, on the way to the cabin, they they see like a couple of like symbols carved in trees, which is odd. Um, but you know, yeah, Ruins, nothing too yeah. scary at that point in time. Um, so yeah, anyway, they find this right. this cabin. Um, you know, it's raining really hard. They're like, okay, we got to break in this cabin. We got to stay somewhere. So they break in the cabin. It's like an old cabin. Like there's literally like a musket hanging on the wall, like that old. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're like, okay, like this is fine. It's leaky, whatever, but it's better than staying outside. You know, we'll just camp out in here. And as they're checking around, uh, the one guy goes upstairs and there's like this weird, uh, like shrine with like a kind of like a scarecrow looking thing with like, it's got no head and it's got antlers for hands and it's got like, it's like a wicker. Feet. It's like a, it's like a wicker man made out of twigs. But right. No head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, yeah, chicken, chicken feet, no head, <laughs> antler arms. Yeah, it's it's not good. And so, of course, everybody's like, yeah, we're not sleeping up here. We're going to sleep downstairs. We'll leave first thing in the morning. Um, So they all go to sleep. Um, Luke wakes up in the middle of the night and he opens the front door of the cabin. And it's literally the liquor store Um, from the beginning yes. of the movie. And he walks oh, in hold there. On, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Before before that, he while they're figuring out how to start the fire, Luke was looking out the broken window and he kept seeing what he thought was movement outside. Yeah. So well, he yeah. was seeing things in the woods. Right. We move yeah, movement and the like obviously yeah. sounded like something was out there, but nobody else saw or heard anything. Um and he had he had seen something moving while they're getting moving in before they got in there, and no one's like, No, you're just there's animals. Right? Do you think we're the only animals out here? They're not wrong. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So he like wanders out into the liquor store, um, you know, and it's kind of like, it's interesting because like the floor is still like the forest floor, but there's the lights and the, and the racks and aisles and everything are just like the, the liquor store Mm -hmm. was. Uh, So he goes out there and and it's kind of like a little recreation of what happened before. Um, And then he essentially wakes up outside. It's now daylight and he's outside in the forest. And he's got like this, this, these five like puncture holes in his chest. Um, yeah, he's like, it's, 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 it, 
Kalima. Right, yeah. It looks like Kalima. yeah, it looks like a hand it's that, like, like stuck it, their it, fingers it, and stabbed him in the chest like that. Um and so like, he runs it really looked like the guy was trying to pull his heart out from Indiana Jones. Right, like right. That. Yeah, so he, you know, he's obviously like, okay, this wound is weird, and then he runs back in the cabin and like everybody's messed up. Like Hutch, like yep. he, he like shakes Hutch awake and Hutch like you know, comes out of like this bizarre nightmare and he has like pissed himself and he's like very shaken. Um, he goes and yep. sees Dom. Dom is like screaming his wife's name and he like shakes him out of it. And he is just like yep. out of it. He's just like totally terrified, but he doesn't know why. Um, then he goes all the way upstairs and he sees that Phil, who's the other guy, uh, has stripped completely naked and is praying in front of the scarecrow man. Yeah. Um, and so he wakes him up and Phil has no idea why he's there or why he's doing that. Like he wasn't awake. He was literally like sleepwalk praying or sleep praying, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, very... he's like very disturbed, like, okay, this is wrong. So everybody like packs up all their stuff as fast as they can and gets out of there. Um, Luke is trying to like discuss like what happened. Like, what did you guys see? I'm probably trying to fish to see if they saw similar stuff, but nobody wants to talk about it. Like everybody is too scared, right. and you know, like yeah, one guy pissed himself, the the other guy too scared, the other guy is too disturbed by like I stripped naked and prayed in front of a weird god, like something is like I don't want to talk about this at all. I don't even want to remember that it happened, uh, which is fair. Oh, and uh, something we should point something we should point out too is before they get to the cabin, they see uh, an elk hanging like what fifteen feet in the air. Oh and sure. It's been gutted. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like right. ripped open. And it's that, and that, the blood is dripping to the point where it this is fresh. This happened so recently. Fresh. Right. And they're like, is it a bear? I'm like, bears don't do that. Large <laughs> cats do. Well, Large bear. cats don't exist in this part of the world. Right. Bears don't hang their kills from a tree fifteen feet in the air. Big cats do. Bears <laughs> don't. Just throw it out there. But I have more into this because this does come into play later. Obviously. Well, yeah. Well, it starts a pattern. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, essentially they're walking. Um, uh, Dom finds like this kind of like a path. Right. And he's like, I'm going to follow this path. Path means civilization. I'm going this way. And he's like, well, the, you know, yep. the, the compass, you know, the map says we should go this way. This is the way to the place. And he's like, I don't care. I'm following the path. Path of civilization. You can follow me or not. So even though the path is going in the wrong way, they're still following the path because it is a path. So they're walking down the yes. path. You know, it becomes obvious that Dom, again, needs to take a break. And they're like, we're not making good time. Like, we're, you know, we're not going to get out of here ever if we keep at this pace. We need to figure out a plan. Um, in like a day and a half. At this right. Point. <laughs> yeah. They have like um, kind of like a well, not yet. Anyway, so Luke goes to the top of the ridge to see what he can see. Right. Um, and he gets to the top of the ridge and he sees yep. nothing but more trees. <laughs> There's just trees everywhere. Um, but then he sees something strange and he kind of focuses in. The camera kind of focuses in. And it looks like what looks like a hand, like holding onto one of the trees. And you're like, oh, that's yep. kind of strange. And then you see the hand pull back. Like it obviously was a hand and something was there. And then you see something like big kind of move behind the trees. But the trees are so dense, you can't really see anything. You just see that there is movement. Yeah, this is like this is like black forest level thickness right. of, of yeah. trees. That's, yeah, it's extremely thick. So anyway, Luke freaks out. He runs down. <laughs> he tells everybody, okay, something is out there. Something big is there. We need to get moving. We need to get the hell out of here. Um, then a big kind of fallout happens um, between Luke and everybody else to where basically they all kind of come out and tell them that they blame Luke for their friends 
Robert. Robert is his name, but he's the guy that had this plan for this hike. Um, that they all kind of blame him Correct. for the death because he walked out of that liquor store without any injuries or any blood on him at all, uh, which means he was right. just like, a coward. You had no blood on you. Yeah. Right. He didn't even try to stop it. From right. Happening. Right. Uh, yeah. So there basically it comes out that even Hutch, the guy who he thought was on his side, also kind of says like, yeah, I get it. You know, like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm right. thinking, too, which. Yeah, kind of sucks. So anyway, Luke is just like, whatever. So he just starts walking down the path. They all follow him. Um, so they're, they, they keep moving. They, they find a, like a little, um, kind of like what looks like an old camp, but like a really, really old camp. Um, and they pull up, um, it looks like some fabric and they pull it up and it was like an old tent and they find an old backpack inside and inside it was a wallet and the wallet, um, came from like 1984. That's um, when the credit card expired, which right. credit cards expire a couple years in advance. Well, whatever. So it'd it's even old. be there before. Yeah. <laughs> it's old. Yeah. It's in the early 80s. It's been there a long time. Um, so they're like, okay, well, like, right. you know, this is, you know, this is odd. It looks like other people were out here. And, and obviously they don't, you know, their shoes were there. Their tent was there. Their wallet was there. Like what happened to them, right? Um, just adding yep. more mystery to it. So they're, they're, they're walking through and they basically get to, you know, as far as they can, they set up camp for the night. Um, and again, he has another nightmare about, um, the liquor store um this time robert actually gets up and calls him or no yeah well i don't know if he calls him a coward or if the the guy yeah. who killed him calls him a coward whatever they call him a coward um and then he wakes up to the sound of screaming and he opens up his tent flap and uh phil is there screaming and you look at hutch's tent and hutch's tent is just shredded apart um yeah. so they wake up dom dom is like you know all like super shocked he's not looking too great um, and, but anyway, they hear Hutch like screaming out in the forest. Um, so they basically all kind of gather up yep. and they go looking for him. Um, and they essentially get lost. <laughs> like they, they think they know where they are, but they get <laughs> lost. They can't find their way back. Um, but they do find Hutch and Hutch has been gutted and hung from the tree, just like the elk was. Right. And that's, that's why we had to mention it earlier, just because. Okay, you know, you're going, that's definitely not a bear. There's right. Like, that's when they start going, there's people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. They they find like a little yeah. pond with like footprints and shit. Like, yeah, they're, they're like, there's obviously something people are happening around. Um. So, yeah, they're, yep. they're yeah, they continue, you know, keep walking down this trail because they have nothing else to do, essentially. Um. And basically it gets nighttime. Um kind of a another attack happens to where phil gets grabbed and dragged off into the forest um and then his flashlight or torch just going insane through like right rapidly going through the forest and just right being like tossed around it seems like right yeah so yeah luke has another kind of like um liquor store hallucination and when he comes back um he picks up Phil's flashlight he can't find him he's looking around for Dom he eventually finds Dom like hiding like ducking down behind a tree yeah um like a thatch area <laughs> right yeah so they're like hiding they're like panicking like they don't know what to do of you know like well, you know where should we go what should we do and basically like we got to run they're like you know I'll, I'll help you but we got to run we got to get out of here like there's there's no way we're going to survive this unless right we run um etfo right yeah so they grab it you know he grabs them they're like running and limping along they end up finding another path and this time it has like lit torches along the path 
So like this is obviously like people are around. So they run on the direction. Not yeah. a bear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bears can't light torches. Um so they they find like a house at the end of this path. They run, they charge into the house. Um and we get to see this bizarre kind of upside down view <laughs> of the house. So where it looks like there's like an old lady like kneeling and praying um and then they see like some kind of like weird moccasined mm-hmm. feet and then the feet kick and then they're blacked out oh kick hard <laughs> yeah well yeah whatever yeah the, but yeah they get knocked out and they, uh, luke wakes up again and now him and dom are kind of stripped down um and chained to the wall of like this kind of like log cabin looking thing um yes yeah so they're like trying to figure out what's going on they're trying to like you know figure out a way out um and then some people come in like some really grimy looking people come in um and they essentially go ahead were you gonna say something i said surprise you know if, if this was the appalachian trail as they mentioned they would have been playing banjos yeah well yeah the one bald guy <laughs> looks like he's straight out of the hills have eyes like that guy i mean i i don't know if they were going for yes. that look but he looks almost exactly <laughs> he looks like the swedish version of that guy um, and there's like, yeah, this yes. old lady with like the big, crazy, you know, witch hair, you know, with like all the beads and stuff all over. Um, and anyway, she goes over to Luke and she sees that he has the mark on her on his chest, the, the five finger mark. Yep. Um, she pulls down her shirt to show that she's got the same mark. And he sees that the other people yep. in the room also have that same mark. Um, but Dom does not. And so they basically go over to him or no, right. she, she offers Luke water, but she doesn't give Dom any water. Um, and then when she leaves the Correct. room, they just start like beating the crap out of Dom and then they drag him out. Um, and they basically, yep. yeah, they drag him upstairs and it sounds like they're having like a really weird, I don't know, party ritual. I mean, something up there. Um, He's screaming. Yeah. I, at this point in time, the first time I saw it, I thought for sure Dom was dead. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Well, especially because this one lady comes in and this lady speaks English. The other people were talking and I don't know what they were saying, but it was obviously some language is not english well I, I, and they didn't they didn't know it either and i like no. the fact that they left it very no translation if you don't right. know language you don't know what they're saying right yeah. yeah i'm gonna guess it's probably like old swedish but whatever yeah um so druic yeah so yeah so like the, the the this lady comes in she's like a younger like woman uh, probably about the same age as luke ish um, and she comes in and she like mm-hmm. um, holds her hands over his ears because his you know hands are tied behind his back, and she basically says like, "Oh, they're preparing him for the sacrifice. It'll be over in a minute." Uh, which means, like at that yeah, point, I'm so like, she's "Oh, yeah. sheltering him, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like, yeah. That's why you say like, yeah, Dom's probably dead because sacrifice is not a good <laughs> word, especially in this situation." Um, but eventually, Dom does come back. Yeah, he looks like they get the crap beat out of him, but he's alive. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, they're basically like trying to figure out what to do. Dom is basically like, yeah, I know I'm going to die. The dream that I had while I was screaming my wife's name is I saw this place. I saw these people. I saw this place and they offered me up to as some kind of sacrifice. And my wife showed up and I was screaming for her help. And that's when you woke me up. So like he, but he has no hope that he's going to die. He basically says, Luke, just promise me that you'll tell my wife I did everything I could. Um, and then, yeah, he gets taken away. Um, and then, yeah, that basically gets brought out in front. You know, he, Luke has managed to make a little hole out of the side of the cabin so he can kind of look out and see what's happening. Um, and essentially they have like this big, huge, um, you know, sacrificial pole, (laughs) um, that they tie, tie Dom to, 
Um, and then they all like, you know, kind of kneel down, you know, like waiting for something to show up. And we start hearing the same sounds, the same giant wood sounds of whatever the monster and, like, was. Like the big ass trees moving around. Like, right. Like it seems massive to be able to move the, 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 the limbs of those trees pretty right. high up. Right. Yeah. So like Luke at this point is trying to get out. Um, he does manage to get one hand out of the, the ropes by like breaking his own thumb I, or something. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, but then the way he, he broke his thumb. I don't know how he was slipped out, but whatever. right. Yeah. He broke his thumb Then he got one hand out, but he couldn't get the other hand out. I was like, I don't know. Why would you do that? <laughs> right. Why would you go that far? If you can't get both right. hands out anyway, anyway. So, um, so he's watching this happen through the thing. And anyway, when, uh, you know, the, the thing comes out of the trees, it is his wife. It is his wife, Gail. And it mm-hmm. kind of walks closer and closer to him. And he's like, oh, Gail, you got to help me. You got me, get me out of here. Um, but as Gail gets really close, sorry, as Gail gets really close, you can see that her eyes are a little off. Like they they got like this weird, right. like kind of glassy sheen to them. Um, and then he kind of realizes what's happening. And it's like some kind of, it's like a weird, like flesh hooded, like, you know, a, a Jawa, <laughs> I guess it's like, it's like a black face with like glowing eyes, but it looks like it's got a hood, but the hood is like made right. of flesh and it's got like hands that are holding his face. Um, we don't get to see the whole like, picture it, of it yet. Did you think it was holding his face? Cause it looked like it was in his skin. <laughs> well, I think it was just, it was I just like rubbing it... over his face, but there's so much okay. blood on his face. I think that it looked okay but i I think it was just rubbing around his face anyway um and then we don't get to see the whole thing and then it switches back to luke's perspective and we see the thing turn and it looks like a like a centaur or something i mean again we don't see the whole thing yet we just see that it's obviously like has like four legs that are have hooves on them um and then we see you know him get picked up brought over to the trees and then hung up on the tree exactly how hutch phil and the elk were all hung up from trees just like that so Correct. Dom is now out. Um, and then uh, Luke is now the only one left. Um, and then as yeah. as that is happening, um, you know, like the God is, I don't know, or this the centaur thing is out there doing whatever it's doing. Um, and then he does manage to get out at this point. Um, I think this is after the bald headed dude comes in. Oh, no, no, that's not yet. After he gets out, um, he goes in like their supply room and he finds this like ancient gun. Um, yes. And he only has like two bullets for it um, that he has to search all around for. But anyway, so he loads one bullet in and he goes to get out. And that's where, well, you know, bald headed Hills have eyes. Swedish guy confronts him. <laughs> well, before that, the, the the young woman comes back and explains what this is. That's a Jotun. Well, yeah, um, well, it's it's yeah, it's a Jotun. It's one of Loki's bastard children is what she says it is. And it's what uh, uh, motor. Moldar is the name of it. I'm trying to remember. I don't I know, know if they I know she says the name. I don't know if they said the name of it. I just said, yeah, it was a Jotun, which is um, the frost giant in uh, in Norse right. mythology. And that it's one of Loki's yes. bastard children. And since Loki was himself a Jotun, so basically any of his children. But yeah. So who knows? What Loki's children was what? Yeah, one was a big giant snake. <laughs> One of yep. them was a, a girl that was half dead, and and the other one was a giant wolf. So I guess he can pretty much give birth to whatever he wanted to. And one was Hella. Well, that was the that was the, the daughter that was she was half alive and half dead, and she was the ruler of oh, hell. Yeah, yeah. Fenrir, yeah, Fenrir, Fenrir, 
Uh, Fenrir was yeah. the giant wolf, and the then Jorgamundir was the world serpent, was the huge giant snake. Those were his three children. Yes. Um, so yeah, Hela, Hela, was, Hela was a little <laughs> bit different than the Thor movie. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> but, though, yeah, those were his three um, children. But, yeah, but, but that, I guess he could have had bastard children. That is, I guess, a possibility. Sure. Yeah, and the woman explains him that he either, because he's marked, he either has to worship it or be sacrificed. Those right. are his two choices. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but since he's been and then, marked, and she leaves, and then he escapes. Him. Yeah, right. Yeah, but since he's been right. marked, he has the choice. But since Dom didn't have the mark, it picked him for sacrifice. He didn't have a choice. He couldn't worship it if he wanted to. Right. Um. Yeah. So anyway, so then yeah, it happens. He shoots. You know, uh, Hills have eyes. Swedish guy with the one bullet. <laughs> um. And then he man, he gets a torch, and then he goes outside, and like, there's a guy with an axe, but the guy is not looking at him at all. Um. And then he like tells him to put down the axe and he does, but then he goes into like his praying pose and he looks out the window and you can see the, the centaur feet are there again. So it's like, whatever it is, is obviously outside. Um, So he does, he grabs a torch and he goes upstairs the room. This is the room that the screaming was coming from, from Dom. And he goes in there and it's, it's set up like a, like an old timey church. Um, But like all the people sitting in the pews appear to be corpses. Like, corpses with like all kinds of weird like decorations and then like it looks like plants are growing out of them and st- i mean it's it looks yeah and yeah. the is that that's where the record is just continuously skipping too right right yeah um yeah so there or no that was in the that was in the room that they first broke into okay yeah that was okay. what the record part um but yeah there's a, this so he's he kind of like looks around and he's you know again assumes these are all corpses until like they start making noise and they start moving um, so yeah, they're essentially like corpses, like they can barely move, but they are technically uh, still in some f- level of life, right? Because they're like hissing and making noises and shit. Um, and his reaction is just to light them on fire. <laughs> um, he just holds the torch <laughs> directly to their face and just lights them on fire. And then he lights all the people on all those, whatever they are on fire and then leaves. Um, and then everybody starts panicking because stuff's on fire. Uh, the creature is very upset that things are on fire. He ends up killing or at least maiming the one lady who was nice to him. The only one that spoke English, like tore out her eyes. Right. Um, because I'm pretty it was, sure she's done. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Tore out her eyes. Cause it was, you know, upset what was happening. Um, and then, yeah, he manages to, to sneak out and he manages to get kind of outside the rim of the city and he looks in and then that's where we get to see the, the creature in its full kind of glory now. And it's like, a yeah, it's like a centaur thing, but then it's like the, the head is kind of shaped like a weird, like human body, but backwards. And then it's got like yeah. four sets of arms in addition to the, like the two hooved like sets of yep. legs. It's. Very, very bizarre looking. Um, but anyway, so it, it picks up somebody else and it's like, you know, whatever, picking him apart. I don't know what the hell it's doing, but it's obviously hurting this person. And he turns and shoots. I'm not sure if he shoots the creature or the person. Because when he shoots, the uh... the person immediately drops, but obviously the creature is not injured in any way. So I don't know if he shot it and it just didn't react to it or if he shot. The I think person. he just shoots at the creature. Okay. I think he just shoots at the Yotan. Right. So, yeah, he doesn't have any more bullets. So then he just, like, has the axe that the one guy dropped earlier. Um, Then he's running through the forest, and then he gets another, like, flashback of the liquor store, which basically tells him to, like, turn this other direction. 
Um, so he turns the other direction. He's running down like the liquor store aisles while this thing is chasing him um, and eventually overtakes him and then kind of knocks him down. Um, and then they have like a little scuffle and he manages to like hatchet the thing in its, I don't know, head face, whatever. I don't know what it hit. <laughs> it hit something fleshy, yeah. but I mean, well, the I, think whole it, I think thing it gives fleshy, a ch- so. I think it gives us a chance essentially to still gives it Luke the chance to pray or be sacrificed still gives him the option right yeah but then but then yeah he goes in like the prey stance and then it like stands up on its hind leg and it spreads like all its arms and legs open but then he gets up and it gets mad and then it like forces him back down on the ground and then he like gets up and it's like stance again and then he picks up the axe and he chops it and again i don't know where he chops it (laughs) some fleshy area (laughs) Um, and the thing kind of screams, and then he gets up and runs, and he manages to run to the edge of the forest and out of the forest. Um, and then the yes. the creature is at the edge of the forest, like screaming at him, and obviously it can't leave the forest because it it just stands there. And then he screams That's back, domain. Yeah. yeah. And they go back and forth a couple of times, and then the end of the movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean this is. Uh... Let's get into your first thoughts on this. This is probably my third time watching it, maybe fourth. Um, what about you? I mean, what, were your, my, well, what were your first thoughts when this came out and your rewatch? Uh, the, the second time watching it. Um, I mean, yeah, I liked it the first time. I thought it was really good. I thought it was um, interesting. I mean, I liked the, um, you know, it, it, just, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit of a different kind of creature, you know, than we're used to seeing mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, different yeah. lore mythology than we're used to seeing, which was nice. Um, uh, yeah, I like that. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was a solid movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I don't remember who I was talking to um, about this in 2017. I don't think it was you. Um, but I'm like, this movie, like the the creature was astounding. The story was astounding. Everything was it. It felt like what we would have in America with a like uh, a a Wendigo or Skinwalker type creature, or you know, an old school Native American creature in the Appalachian area that we would have in America. But this, as you said, this is a different culture and the pagan side of it and what those creatures, you know, tons are. And it's nice that it's, it's set up the same way, but just different past paganism versus I guess there's all paganism back then but yeah different culture aspect of it I thought it was done really really well I thought the creature effect was done really really well as well um everything yeah, was yeah. done uh, but again it's got the thing right. that that I like a lot when when you know a movie or a show or whatever has lore um, but they don't give you everything there's a lot of mystery right. there as to what the hell is going on like what is with those corpses in that church? It is never even mentioned by any other character. Uh, we only see that it was like there's obviously something happening with Dom up there. Dom never said anything about it. Um, obviously, right. that's like the weird corpsey type people. Like, what the hell is happening there? Like the guy that looked like was sitting in like the priest position was blue. Um, right. Again, like the Jotuns are traditionally, you know, shown as being blue. <laughs> like, is yes. that was that supposed to be an old? corpse Jotun? I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows what that what that is? You know, we don't know. Are those, are those people, because again, the lady, when she was talking to him, alluded that they live forever. 
So are more, those, yeah. yeah, are those the people that have been here for so long that they're literally like living corpses? So like you still kind of age, you just keep living, <laughs> which is bizarre. Like, what's the point then? Um, but yeah, like who knows? Is that what's going on? But again, there's a lot of questions that aren't answered. So there's a lot of things you can, you know, come up with hypotheses about. But again, nobody's right because nobody knows. But there's that mystery. Right. And I don't there. think we ever see right. how they get they don't know they don't explain how they get the mark. Who gives them the mark? Is it is it the Yotun? Is it something else that marks them? Right. Who knows? Again, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of empty, you know, questions there that they're not answered. And I like that. There's enough answered to where you can you know what's happening. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't know the whole of it. So, like, they can easily have, you know, another sequel or two and you get little other bits of stuff that's going on and you still wouldn't have the whole story. Right. <laughs> um, but again, right. that's I like what I like when things do that, when they have enough of that lore, but they keep you you know, guessing and they, they keep you coming back for more because they don't give you just everything. You know, I hate when they have that uh, exposition dump of like, okay, here's the character <laughs> that's going to tell you everything that's happening and why and the whole history of this land and people and blah, blah, blah. They like His to do name that. was Mark. He came down in 970 AD right. and yeah. people have been worshiping the town forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's all spelled out for you. There's no mystery. This is like the really, I mean, we get some answers, but not enough. <laughs> not enough at all we don't know what's what's going on and we don't find out if the guy that right, had and- his his credit card expire if he's one of those people or not we don't know it could have been the bald guy no yes we don't know <laughs> so obviously that's a highlight for you yes yeah. uh-huh the, the world building of this um right i i, I absolutely agree that, that the the war isn't there and i really like that fact that we don't have to have all the answers because we are just as confused as the group is Right. That's the idea. Yeah. We we are with them. We are with the the hiking group. We are with Luke and Dom and all the because we don't know what's going on. We don't need to know. Doesn't matter. We're right there with them. You know. Um, what other highlights do you have for this? Um, I want to say just the scenery. Just I mean, just the place that they were at looked beautiful. Like I I mean, I would love oh, to yeah. walk that path. If it looks like that the whole time, I would love to. But again, in real life, there's probably a lot more people there. But but it, <laughs> right. it, it looked it looked beautiful. It looked gorgeous. Um, but uh, they were saying, you know, like how Sweden was mostly untouched because loggers stopped before they got that far or whatever it was. But um, it looked beautiful. It looked great. I mean, I, I thought it was awesome. Um, and then again, we already talked about it a little bit. But I would say, that, I mean, that creature design is great. Um, I mean, like I don't know who designed yes. it, but it's it's a very unique design. I mean, it's not just like. You know, a lot of times they're like, they'll take an existing monster and then put a little spin on it, you know? Uh, this one just felt yeah. very just unique. I mean, like, it was, there's not anything quite like that that I know of. <laughs> you know, like right. Weird centaur with, like, you know, four sets of hands at, like, different points along its body with, like, a weird fleshy Jawa head. I mean, who knows what the hell is going on with that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, don't forget it. Absolutely. Had big they're, they're- too. Yes, yeah, and and to your point, yeah, the, the creature design. Um, it reminded me like it could have been the same design of uh. Did you, ever, did you watch the movie Antlers? No, I know. Okay. Of it. it's, I it's a similar. It. The creature design is on par with that. Um, I think there was. I don't think it was Into the Dark. It. Do you remember? Oh, we 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 watched it. It was about. 
people who were praying to this weird box in the basement of a uh, an apartment building, and the creature that came out of the box, like that never-ending tunnel box, you know what I'm talking about, where it, like bit the heads off of people. Um, I can't think of that. Was that Archive eighty one? Was it Archive eighty one? Yeah, in my, my I think so. If yeah, you're talking about yeah, like the weird yeah. the basement with the weird fungus growing on the wall. And that people are being sacrificed on the table in the basement yeah. to some weird creature that came out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm pretty sure because that was something we yeah, both watched that we probably would have discussed. Yeah, and that it's, it's one of those otherworldly creatures too. Like those, all three are very very unique. Yeah, and very yeah. memorable. Yeah, like there was well, there was the scene of it coming out of the TV while the guy was watching the thing. Is that do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, then that's Archive 81. Okay. Um, but no, that's the creature effects are amazing. I thought the acting was amazing, too. Yeah, no, yeah. Everyone the, did a great job. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of being um, the friends in there. Yeah, that would be like, I think that's my low point in this, is that one is like, I mean, Dom was like super annoying, but I guess every friend group got to have the annoying one. The, if they didn't have this annoying guy, they would probably wouldn't have even tried taking that shortcut, right? If the guy didn't hurt himself and then be whiny about it. Um, so I guess they kind of needed to be annoying to be a plot device. Um, but also how everybody just kind of turned on him like that. Like, you know, like you weren't in that liquor store, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just got straight up hit with a pipe in the head and murdered. Like, what do you <laughs> want him to do? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I agree that is also a low point is they unjustly blame him. Yeah, he won the vodka. Yeah, he persuaded Sun to go in there with him. Well, again, but, he didn't persuade yeah. him. He said, does anybody want to come in there with me? Oh, come on, nobody? And one guy was like, all right, fine. But, like, he could have stayed out. Of, but, again, it, you know. can't blame someone for what, you know, even if he said, all you need to come in here with me. It, it, he didn't know that it was being fucking robbed. No. He didn't know that his life would Obviously be put in true. danger. Obviously, you can't blame him for that. Um, and yeah, they yeah. all just like immediately were like all of his friends, all three of them were like, "Yeah, it's your fault." Like, how is it his fault? I just I, I felt mean, that was very unfair. And he felt bad as it was. Yeah, you could tell he was like obviously not in a good place. I mean, he was no. obviously messed up, traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> And like these people, are like yeah, it was your fault. You didn't even have any blood on you. Like what? What does that mean? What do you want him to do? Roll around in it? <laughs> what the hell is he supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know. It, again, it just right. it just bothered me how shitty those people were. And like he should have written them off, and he should have just left <laughs> and hiked on his own and left them all behind. Like screw you guys. Yeah. Do you have any, any other low points though? Um, no, I'm not outside oh. of that. No, I, I think, yeah, that's, it was that. I mean, they made um, a lot of stupid decisions. If I went into a cabin in the woods and they had some kind of weird scarecrow <laughs> deity and I would sit in the rain outside. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep in a house with a weird deity scarecrow. And the, nope. <laughs> not going to happen. Well, I don't. I, I guess the only little point I'd have be is you're going on a hike that some distance. Someone could easily sprain an ankle. I, like, why don't people have something to help like that? Like some splints or something just to carry with well, you. Again, that's you why, yeah, that's why you stay on the trail. Like it's a, it's a well-known, right. well-marked trail. Like people will come along. 
You know what I mean? Like people will help you. <laughs> That's the point of the well the trail. Like if somebody is injured, why the hell would you take a shortcut through the woods that you don't know? The woods is more treacherous of a train right. than the well marked right. Path like of what are you? Trail. What are yeah. you thinking? Again, the best path there is again <laughs> the first one that they suggested. You know, yes. okay, he stays here. Somebody stays with him. And then the rest of us, you know, or the other two go get help and bring help back done. Right. It would have been easy. They had enough food and supplies that they would have been fine for a couple of days. They had tents and stuff. They would have been fine. Yep. Yeah. And again, instead they decided to take this. (laughs) Of course, but I guess the movie would not have happened if they didn't do that. Right. That's why this is the story that we're watching because they're stupid enough to do. Right, I just anyone who's injured tries to go through a force as opposed to a trail is dumb. It, yes, that's if you are walking along <laughs> a well marked really trail <laughs> in an area that you don't know, do not get off the path. Yes. Oh, and and by the way, I just looked up. There was a movie. It was No One Gets Out Alive. That I was thinking. Of. Oh, what do you mean? I think. The the movie the, with the creature coming out of the box is no one gets out alive. That also had the creature that reminded me of uh, the Yotan in this. Okay, never heard of it. I think you watched it. Okay. Well, I don't think so. All I right. don't know. There's a lot of movies that I've seen that I don't remember. I watched them until I start watching them. Again. I think it came out last year, about the same time as Archive eighty one. So it might have been why we thought that. Um. But anyway, so I mean, how many lost hikers out of ten would you give this movie? Um, uh, uh, seven, <laughs> seven lost hikers seven. out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like I said it, for the reasons that we stated, it it's a good movie. I like to rewatch this. I've watched it like I said a handful of times. Um, it's just a it's just a fun watch. I mean, it is serious thriller horror there there's the pacing is great there's no humor thrown in there and unnecessarily or anything like that so you know i'm i'm giving it an 8.5 i thought i this movie was astounding i want to see more um i'm pretty sure i picked up the book because of watching the movie it's based off a book yeah so pretty sure i have the book i haven't read it yet but you know, when I see a movie like this that comes out and it's based off of a book, I'm like, okay, I need to read the book too. Because if the movie is great, the book's going to be better, usually. Well, right? it can be. I've learned that that's not always the case. Sometimes they take, you know, older, kind of dated stories and they update them and they're usually, well, better for a modern audience. I'm not going to say better overall, I would say better for a modern audience. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I looked it up, and yes, I did see No One Gets Out Alive. Because <laughs> so I was like, oh, yep, yep, yep. I remember that. Yep. So, yeah, I but saw that creature, it yeah. probably around the same time, which is probably why I mixed them together as well. Yeah, we were watching. I think it came out. We were both in the middle of Archive 81. Yeah. And that movie I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty, that, like, I'm pretty okay, sure we, we both watch watched both of those at the same time, <laughs> which is why they're mixed together. Makes yes. sense. But, yes, no, I have seen that. Yeah. Same creature, like the uh, silent creature design, and this was right up there with... You know, I, I love, and I really want to do more of these. I think we need to do like a folklore episode as well because folklore horror movies are pretty good. Well, there's a lot of them. We'd have, yeah. we'd have a huge list, right? So, all right, why don't you go ahead and uh, bring us out? Let's see if anything else to. Add. Uh, no, 
No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, join us next week as animals attack. Uh, bears, warthogs, and cocaine. Oh my! <laughs> Will we get gored or just plain bored as we watch these killer animal movies? So stay tuned next week, and remember, we watch bad movies so you don't have to. And this is being graveyard saying, "Have you checked on the children?" Uh, this is Salem saying, "Long live the new flesh." Good night. Good night.